Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're rocking with the most awesome miss. The Carl Nelson Show. You're rocking with the most awesome miss. All right, let's go. And good morning, Wake Up Squad, and thanks for beginning your day with us again. Later, futuristic researcher Sadiqi Bakari will be back in our classroom. Brother Sadiqi will provide us with an AI, artificial intelligence update. Brother Sadiqi will explain transhumanism again, also talk about God activation and God manifestation. But before we hear from Brother Sadiqi, banking and financial expert Donnell Parker is here. Good morning, Darnell. Good morning, Carl. How are you doing today? Excellent. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Good. How's the economy doing? Um, thank you, Carl, for having me on your show. Um, these statements I'm about to say is not part of the private corporation, the Federal Reserve, the Department of Treasury, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or the Office of Control of the Currency. These statements are my own analysis, um, forecasts, and projections in the future. Um, the, the economy is is stable. It's sustaining. Um, a lot of people are still spending money. Um, we can say that um, when you look at the credit card transactions, it's increased. The credit card debt is increasing. So people are still living check to check, um, living off credit, and also they um, – from an employment standpoint, we know that they play with deployment numbers are are um, are actually um, deployment numbers are actually high, but because it's political how they report the numbers, because they take out a lot of the um, numbers to, to consider everyone in in the market. Um, I think that the employment is pretty high. Unemployment is pretty high in in America right now. Yeah, and we're also, last time you were here, you talked about bank mergers and closing, and then we just, uh, I guess it was last week, uh, some of the major banks are starting to close some of their brick-and-mortar stores. Uh, is this is it the future? Yes, it's the future. That's part of the blockchain technology. Um, you People using um, digital payments, people using, like, credit card. Credit card actually is considered a digital payment. Um, a lot of people don't know that you don't have to use um, virtual currency or digital currency to make transactions. We've been making digital transactions with credit cards and wire transfers for years. So a lot of people don't go into the branch. Um, companies are using direct deposit to deposit directly to your bank account. Banks allow you to do bill pay online. Um, you can use credit cards. You can use a lot of the transactions. Probably over 70% of the banking transactions are digital already. So how far away do you think will be a time where there'll be no brick-and-mortar uh, banking? We, you, you, there's no banks. You can't go into a bank and have a discussion. How far away are we from that? I would probably say 2036 um, because we still have to resolve the issue of underserved 
community, underserved banks um, that is needed for some people to walk in because they're not going to have uh, maybe a phone. They're not going to have access to a credit card. The homeless is keep going up. So how are they going to be banked and served? So I think that um, there's two clientels that like to go into branches is the top wealth individuals because they want somebody to talk to to get a commercial loan or they want to go into office to feel comfortable to making sure they make a wire transfer to go through. And um, banks like to specialize their customized service to the wealthy individuals. But Congress and the banks has got to find a way to serve the underserved community as well. So I think it would be, probably be a while, 2036, but there there will be a lot of banks closing because they're going to push the middle class and the people who have phones to use online technology to make their transactions. Yeah, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence later, but how much of AI is going to play in this role? You mentioned the people going into the bank and you know requesting a loan. Is there going to be a time where everything you've done, somebody artificial intelligence will respond to, to your request and not a human person? Yes. So they have programs already using artificial intelligence by your phone, by just you talking or you searching. They can use AI to um, do certain, um, put up certain things in front of your face. But for my banking transaction, they haven't tested it yet. Um, they have used AI to uh, tell you your credit score. They can tell you if you apply for a mortgage or a home if you um, qualify immediately, but from to do transactions, AI technology is not there yet. But I would probably say by 2036, if you say, I want to do a wire transfer to my mother, they will actually do that just by you speaking through the phone. Oh, wow. That, that's that's going to be interesting. So when, when all this new technology rolls out, it's, a lot of jobs are going to be lost, Correct. Yes, that's the ultimate goal. Um, a lot of people have to understand this technology. They even said it last week. Um, Carl, they are straightforward. They are coming out and saying what they're doing in the future. They're not holding back. Like back in the 60s and 70s, you had to read a book to find out. Because of TV media, they're coming out and saying, well, the robot's AI is to replace human jobs. So they're not hiding from it. So you have to prepare. A lot of people is not going to work in the future, and they're going to be placed on universal basic income, and they're going to be giving programmable money. If you don't use it in three to six months, they're going to take your money away. Yeah, but all of this, isn't this the big brother will be able to, to trace everything you do, every dime that you spend when this is all enacted? Yes, the major corporations globally are building systems right now behind the scenes to talk to each other, to work with each other. When you do a transaction, doesn't matter if it's on Zelle or with Bank of America. Um, J.B. Morgan Chase would have a relationship with Bank of America, can see all of your transactions at one time, and then they can, you know, track um, through your phone and um, GPS and also um, um tax you and um, trace you all over the world, no matter where you go, through facial recognition, biometric, through your face, through your eyes, through your fingerprint, through your cell phone, through the chip in your body. Um, anytime you make transactions, um, they're going to know where you're at and what you spent your money on. 
Yeah, and also, as seven at the top, that makes it easier for the IRS, right? Because you wouldn't have to file it because they know all your business already. They'll All they do is send you a check and you send them a check or they'll send a deduction or give you a, 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 a deposit. Is that, how, is that the future? Yeah, the, the IRS probably, I'm predicting that they're going to scale up and they're going to reduce because they're going to call it redundancy. With technology, when people retire from the IRS, they probably won't hire those people in 2028 to 2036. What, what's going on now, the IRS, you know, due to Inflation Reduction Act, they can hire people right now, and Congress is debating to keep the money or pull the money back. But at the end of the day, um, a lot of people who are hired are being term employees. They, they probably only work a year or two or they accept a service so that you can be released at any time. Wow, we got to keep an eye on these changes. Uh, do you think that the, the the younger people embrace the new changes, but the the older folks are they're sort of reluctant? Some that don't even are not even on the internet, and some just got regular phones. What do you think that they're sort of waiting? This is a crazy question. Are they waiting for that generation to 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 die out before they they go full blast with these new changes? Uh, and- in my mentoring to young kids and talking to them over the years, I would probably say I would lean towards, yes, I haven't seen a psychological study on that. But when we talk about old people using credit cards and, you know, checks in the line, it doesn't matter if it's a corner store or Walmart, it's holding up the process. You know, um, these younger generation, Generation X and Millenniums and Gen Z, they like to do things a lot faster. You know, we don't mind using online pay, um, our our phone, and you know other other ways to make transactions a lot faster, so we can keep it moving. So I would probably say I would lean more towards. I would probably say yes through my experience, but I haven't seen any academic studies on that to say yes. Well, let me ask you this: so Ten after the top, they are uh, Donnell. Big box stores. Are, are they going to still be around, or is everything going to be online? If we want to buy groceries, whether you want to go to the hardware store or a clothing store or whatever, it, it will now everything just be online. And, and the people who are delivering these items, are, that's, is that where we're going? I would I would say that we will still have big box stores, but it's going to be few and far in between. I think what's going to be popular. In the future is outlet malls. Um, outlet malls, people think they're getting stuff cheaper, but majority of the time, they don't, for men, we're not getting stuff cheaper. It may be a 10% um, difference between an outlet mall and a regular mall. But I think because women love outlet malls, I think they're still going to be around. And they they always say they offer discounts, you know. Um, but I see a few discounts, but I think that's still going to be popular when you can walk in and shop. Um, but the, the traditional um, indoor malls, you're going to see a reduction in some of those. And especially in, in cities that are called zombie cities, um, like the Midwest, because of NAFTA was signed in the 90s um, under the Clinton administration. We have seen the Midwest um, cities actually lose population and people are moving to Austin, um, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Raleigh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, Jacksonville, Florida, Tampa, and Phoenix, Arizona. We we've seen a shift of people, even the Midwest, heading back south. And speaking of that shift, they they seen that you know New York is considered the financial capital of the world, uh, basically because of Wall Street, and you know London they got Bond Street. But 
in New York City, the, the people think that, uh, and they've lost some millionaires and billionaires. They moved to Florida. Uh, they, they, and one of them is predicting that uh, Miami is going to be the financial camp of the world. Do you think? Do you think there's going to be that kind of shift that's taking place along with the population shift? McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken. Buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. No, I don't, I don't think uh, Miami will be the financial capital world. They have to compete with San Francisco and Charlotte. Um, you would have to have a lot of banks from San Francisco, Charlotte, and New York move to Miami. Actually, Tampa, Florida have more banking operations than Miami. So there's going to be a large um, shift to operations uh, because Tampa is known for credit cards and Jacksonville is known for, Jacksonville, Florida is known for mortgages. So you have a lot of banking operations already in Tampa, but Miami is the last to. Uh, people to think about when it comes to banking operations. Now, let me have to say this, Carl. Um, Puerto Rico came out with the Act 2021 back in 2010 to 2012, and more people are in the hedge funds are are willing to move to Puerto Rico than Miami. I think the Miami mayor is trying to push, I mean, push cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, but I don't see that happening. And two, um, Miami is ranked number three in the banking industry. Um, surpasses either Chicago, Charlotte, San Francisco. It's not going to happen. All right. 13 at the top. We'll come from a break. But I got a tweet question. <laughs> I'm going to read it for you, but I'll, let, I'll get your response when we come back from the break. I'm going to read it verbatim. The tweeter says, Black people are screwed between self-inflicted violence, the changing of the voting laws, inflation, and not being able to share or trust one another. We'll take each other out financially. So I want you to get your response to this tweet. Uh, but we, I'll let you respond after we come back from the traffic and weather update. Folks, it's 13 minutes after the top. We'll be back in four minutes. You want to join this conversation with Darnell? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls again in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, run FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. Good morning again, family. It's when we sat at the top of the hour with our guest, Darnell Parker. Darnell is a banking and financial expert. Momentarily, we're going to get into the pension system, also consumer spending, and the CEOs are selling their stocks and, and getting out of the business. What's going on there? Darnell's going to inform us about that. But before we uh, take a call for Darnell, the tweeter, and I'm going to read again verbatim, Darnell. The tweeter says, black people are screwed. Between self-inflicted violence, the changing of the voting laws, inflation, and not being able to share or trust one another, we will take each other out financially. I want to get your thoughts on that tweet. Darnell? 
Yes, thank you, Carl. Um, we have to really examine how do we get here. And it doesn't matter if you study Marcus Garvey, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, or Amos Wilson. We have to recognize we have 253 years of enslavement with no pay. For large people in this country that was misclassified at that time Negroes, but today we call us African-Americans. And we have over 100 years of Jim Crow laws, and now we have institutional racism that is done. So the part of the infighting with each other, um, a lot of that is, is came because our culture was stri stricken from the um, interaction and integration of America with um, Europeans dominant taking over our culture and not allowing us to be who we are, even even to this day, you can't wear certain dreads or certain hairstyles, men or women, into corporate America or even in the government. And then when you look at the infighting, a lot of the jobs have shown, studies have shown, if, if a man is working, there's less violence in the community. So if we have more jobs in the community and more people working, um, that is mostly socioeconomic. But overall, we have to recognize that we need to study um, the three M's I mentioned earlier in Amos Wilson and redirect our love and our negative energy into positive energy within. So some of the fight that we have, Carl, is within ourselves, and we have to take that negative energy and turn it inside and say, look in the mirror and say, I am beautiful. You know, God made me who I am. I am beautiful. I'm not going out here to create any violence. I'm going to go out here and try to be productive. If I can't find a job, I can create my own job by studying cybersecurity, I can go cut grass, I can do something like uh, pressure washing. There's, there's a lot of ways to make money um, without having a degree. There's a lot of ways to make money um, that you can do, um, take a class within six weeks to 30, six weeks to three months and get certified in something to, to start a new career. Let me ask you this, and this is not a banking or financial question, though, because you, but you mentioned it, the, the, the inability for us to trust each other. Why is it so difficult for us to love each other? Why, it's so easy for us to hate on each other. I just want to get your thoughts, because this is a question for the psychologists that we have on all the time, and I'm, and I'm going to pose it when next time they're on. But I just want to get your thoughts. Why do you think it's that that's so difficult for us to, to love each other instead of just fighting each other? Well, I think in human beings naturally, um, especially when it comes to men, we like to compete. Uh, men are naturally compete. doesn't matter what race. We always compete with each other naturally because um, that's the way uh, men are built. Um, from a standpoint, when you look at psychology, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I can uh, follow what um, some people would say that we were taught to hate each other. When you look at Asia, um, they were taught that the darker you are, you should be poor, and the less you are. So they treat the Cambodians and the Filipinos and uh, people from Indonesia different than how they treat the Chinese and um, the Koreans. Um, look at India. When they, what Gandhi had done, um, a lot of that hate is taught through schools and other cultures telling if you're not white, you're bad, or it, it means that black is dark and evil. So a lot of that stuff is taught in the past, you know, 400 years um, to other systems in other countries that um, it, it is self-taught, Carl. 
Yeah, all right. We're going to leave that there because that's a whole different story right there. 25 minutes after the top there. Mark's reaching out to us. Mark's on line two, and he's calling from Baltimore City. Good morning, Mark. I guess uh, good morning, Jimin. And by the way, I ho- wish you and all your listeners a happy Thanksgiving holiday coming up later this week. Um, I'm calling in reference about cryptocurrency. I'm currently holding in my hand a $1 bill that I can see and uh, uh, smell and touch. But cryptocurrency, with is computer software changing constantly, you can't see it or anything like that. In these hard financial times, if one is engaging that, how are they going to, with the changing technology and who knows what, um, how are you going to depend on something you can't see, you can't feel, or anything like that? Can you really depend on this new, unique type of electronic transfer uh, to pay for items that you need? That's my question. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, question. Hey, Mark, I have a question for you. Yes. Mark, have you ever yes, used I'm a here. check? Yes. Have you ever used I a check? I have used a uh, – in the past, I have, yes. Well, when I say in the past, uh, right now I pay in cash because, you know, even the checks are now – you know how things work these days. So, you know, it sometimes disappear. But a check, at least I have a record of it, and I can t- touch it. But And you have to understand, I don't have a computer or anything like that. So I don't need to worry about something disappearing I can't even see. I hope that answers your question. Okay. Right. Other question. Have you ever used a credit card? Yes. Or debit card? Okay. So I actually um, now use a debit card because I know exactly how much I check each morning to see and how much money I have in my account before I dare make a debit card because I'm very, very responsible and I want to be um, running over, as they say. But go ahead. Okay. So my response, I'm not promoting cryptocurrency or advocate of cryptocurrency. I'm talking about the technology only. So the technology, when they use a digital platform using any virtual currency, is the same thing as using a debit card or a credit card. The difference is you're going to be using your phone or your face, and it's going to be directly taken out as much as you use the check. When you use a check, you go back and you write the balance. When you use your face, your hand, or your phone for a transaction, you can see the balance change. The only difference is instead of writing it down, it's all going to be on a digital platform. So it's, it's going to be more seamless for the American citizens or the people globally to use compared to taking out a pen and paper, holding up the line at Walmart, trying to subtract um, $213 balance, and you spent $79. <laughs> and hold up the line. So, yeah, it's going to be technology is going to make things a lot faster. All right. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I want to ask Thank you about you. the pension Thanks. systems. All righty. Uh, 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 Darnell, because, you know, a lot of our listeners have, have pensions, you know, a lot, a lot of them are older. Uh, what's going on there? I understand there's some turmoil going on. Yes, there's a lot of turmoil. And it started back when the uh, Congress lifted the Glass-Steagall Act, and they allow banks to invest your pension funds, retirement funds, and I would call it the, the casino. And then they had over-the-counter, uh, when they actually borrowed money over-the-counter, to allow the casino to grow a lot faster. So since the 2008 financial crisis, a lot of pension funds had lost money, and it's tied to certain investments especially tied to the bond market. Um, Previous before, when the Glass-Steagall Act was in place, um, you only can invest in safe investments. Like back in the day, 
you know, UPS stock, IBM, General Electric, Procter & Gamble, those are safe stocks. And then you can do a mixture of, you know, bonds and treasuries. Um, currently, and up since, you know, around when Glass-Steagall was lifted, they were able to invest in more risky instruments. And a lot of pension funds are losing money, um, school retirement funds, um, some even might even be um, major corporation funds, pension funds that are have lost money, but they really haven't reported yet. But we're going to see during this next crisis, they're going to expose a lot of these pension funds tied to the, you know, the, the bond market, tied to Japan, tied to other countries overseas, that these portfolio managers made bad investments. And and the the question is, will they be held accountable? Like, for example, if you're getting a pension, probably a certain amount a month, they might, I'm, I'm projecting that you probably get a 20% to a 40% haircut on your payments in the future. And So we should be concerned. Fund, yes, you should be concerned. And if the pension fund is insolvent, you probably won't get nothing. The government will probably have to step in and give you universal basic income to cover that pension loss. Somebody's going to have to step in to um, cover these pension losses. And well, that, we need to... But let me interrupt you and ask you that. That, that will work for yeah. the... Uh, if you work for, you know, you retired from working for the city or fire department or, or something like that, a city agency. But what about if you work for a private company? Same thing, because the government is going to come in with a solution. You know, the government has to find a way to come in with a solution. And the solution, it will be um, subsidizing that program at a discount or like they did um, GMC, GMAC financing, which allowed them to stay afloat and create Ally Bank. Also, the big three automakers, when they um, was going to insolvency, the government stepped in to save those three auto companies, which is, that's a, that's a socialism program. So, Right. Even though the country's but, broke, you still think they're going to bail out these, these private companies if they're going under? Well, that's part of the plan. They have to come up with a solution to make sure you don't have too much chaos on the streets. Or the way to curate chaos, to maintain the chaos on the streets is that you have to come in with a solution and the solutions always to uh, bring in capital or capital infusion to the entity, but at a discount, but not at full price. Got you. 29 away from the top there. Let's go to line two. Brother Yuhuru is joining us from D.C. He's got a question for you. Brother Yuhuru, good morning. You're on with Donnell Parker. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, Brother Carl Nelson. Good I morning. want to follow up. Good morning, brother. Uh, Mark, I enjoyed listening to your uh, comments. I want to do a follow-up question on the pension fund. Um, and one in specific is our, our queen, uh, Marilyn Mosby. You know, we must love, protect our queen. She took the money out of her pension fund. And I was wanting to know, was there any way in which different people can assist her or well, what do you suggest in terms of looking at this from a national standpoint uh, because I know some churches uh, will allow a parishioner uh, actual house and 
this type of thing. But in terms of what you were just saying, in terms of the governmental responsibility as well, I mean, isn't there some law in terms of assisting the pension? Uh, primarily because this was a, a private situation. I mean, this was her own personal thing. So that's my question to you in reference to the pension. How can we override this? I mean, you're going to indict a queen uh, of, of fraud, and it really doesn't make much sense to me. And I'm not looking at the political standpoint. I'm looking at the financial and economic reality. What can we do? How can we move, be more professional, responsible? Thank you, and I'll take my, my answer off here. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, bro- brother. I'll tell you what, Donna, hold that response because we've got to take a quick break here, take our first look at the okay. news, traffic, and weather. When we come back, I'll let you respond to Brother Uru's question. Folks, you two okay. can join this conversation with Donnell Parker. Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. At 26 minutes away from the top there, I will take your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're rolling on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 W. W-O-L, where information is power. And good morning again, family. Twenty minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, a financial and banking expert. That would be Don L. Parker. Before we get back to you, let me just remind you, coming up later this morning, we're going to speak with futuristic researcher, Brother Sadiq Bakari. And later this week, a journalist, Brother Obi, is going to join us, along with Brother Keedy, a, a, a researcher. Also, Pan-African activist, uh, Dr. David Horn, will be here, along with homeless advocate, Minister Christina Flowers. So if you are in Baltimore, make sure your radio is locked in tight on 1010 WOLB if you're in the D. AMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450, WOL in the D.C. area. I, again, Darnell, that question that uh, Brother Yu had questioned about Marilyn Mosby using her own money and uh, was, was uh, pre- uh, persecuted for it. So can you respond to his question? Thanks. Yes. So, Carl, I was not aware of this situation. Thanks to your caller and your listener, he brought this to my attention. Yes. Um, when I look at the United States Attorney Office, District of Maryland, um, the claim was actually um, a falsely claim to have experienced hardship for the corona uh, virus. Um, I guess from the CARES Act, she applied for um, to use her money, $50,000, from her retirement to, um, to um, I guess, do it for whatever she needed, needed for. I think the problem was the perjury charge is not from the pension fund. It's from her retirement, which is separate. So it's not taking money from her fund. It's lying on the application, in which, Carl, I have to tell you, this is not normal. I mean, this is normal. A lot of people lie on applications from auto loans, car loans, mortgages. Um, This is standard practice, even resumes. Over 80% of Americans lie on one or two things on a resume or application. People always boost. They make more money so they can get a bigger car or a bigger house. So one of the things I'm looking at this, Carl, is brought my attention is that she clicked a few boxes, and she only needed to click once. She could have just said that she needed money for her child care. But the, the part of the perjury comes is that because she was not furloughed or laid off, she didn't reduce her hours, and um, – she was still making her full salary of 247000 a year. So that's the really the two counts right there I can look at is um, she could have just said, well, 
you know, um, because childcare is going to be more expensive because of the coronavirus, she could have used that and said, you know, just click one box. She didn't have to click all of the boxes or even more of the boxes. So that's what they're trying to get on, get her on. And they also have a two-count charge for investment property of vacation homes in Florida with another uh, federal district, I believe. But again, Carl, these are attacks that they go after African-Americans who are speaking out for the black people. Um, this is a standard you know, thing. They go after people on little paperwork um, allegations or a charge account. And there is a good book that people should read called Seven, I think it's called Seven Felonies a Day That People Commit. You don't even know. So um, this is the standard tactic like we've seen, like even some celebrities who speak out, the IRS come after them, or um, people who are multimillionaires that are published on Black Enterprise. Um, within three months after they published on Black Enterprise, somehow they get an IRS audit. So this is a way they attack our African-American leaders over the years. This is nothing new. This is standard practice for them. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was political, of course, that what it, what it was. But I want to talk to you about consumer spending because now we're coming up into the holiday season, as you know, Black Friday coming up. And, well, it's already started for a lot of stores. Do you anticipate that people, as usual at this time of the year, are going to be out there just buying stuff, or you think people are going to hold back? How do you see? How do you predict this this, uh, this particular spending period? Carl, before I answer that question, can I piggyback off of the um, another statement for the IRS? Sure. Okay, thank you, Carl. I really appreciate it. Now, listening audience. There was a New York Times article that came out May 16, 2023. Um, it was done by Alan Rappaport. He do a lot of reports, um, a lot of articles um, that is interesting to me. Um, his, his reporting pretty much addressed the issue that the Internal Revenue Service stated that um, black taxpayers have been far more likely to be audited than any other considered changes to the case selection process to address discrimination and how they enforce the tax law. And it, it was noted that I believe the um, African-Americans are three to four times more likely to be audited compared to our white peers. So we have to understand um, what is going on in, in the selection process of people being audited. And this is actually documented that the IRS had acknowledged it. And this is, again, a, a standard tactic that um, <laughs> is, is systematic, systematically going on within, in, in, within the Internal Revenue Service, which is disappointing. Um, but, you know, Senator Elizabeth Warren addressed the issue. And going back to mortgages, how, how are they collecting this data? And... Um, are they picking it by zip codes? Are they picking by sensor track going after certain people? Um, this is something that we should turn off the TV, start watching sports, start watching TV all day. And we need to understand, um, we need to be fighting this issue because um, taxes, um, retaining wealth and buying stocks and bonds is a, a way that uh, we are losing the wealth gap between our counterparts. 
So this is something we should stay focused on. Well, let, well, let me toss something on here, too, because you mentioned the IRS. You know, Donald Trump already said if he wins re-election, he's going to weaponize the Justice Department and the IRS to go after people who, who he dislikes, <laughs> who, who he thinks are opposing him. So I'm glad that you pointed that out, that it's, it's being done right now. It's, a, it's all political. But uh, go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah, even with that, Carl. <laughs> so we have seen over the years, you know, even when Al Sharpton, you know, was, you know, a civil rights leader, the IRS came after him. You know, they use it as a tactic to go after certain people. This is nothing new. So it doesn't matter who changed off a Democrat or Republican. They come after us, uh, middle class and African-Americans, three to four times more than a white counterpart. So, yeah, they use certain things as a tactic, even even. Certain people who, you know, come on your show, you know, we are, um, you know, looked at more criti- critical because I even had, um, uh, and, uh, I would say, undisclosed special agent um, follow me around and try to ask me questions about certain things. And I knew that um, someone sent him. So that's enough I'm going to say on, um, say on that. So th- there are certain ways they attack people, and they try to find ways to bring you down so that we won't have a voice and on the radio or on TV. Right, because they, they, we know they monitor what we, our discussions. You know, I just tell folks all the time, but, you know, it's just not us on these airwaves. You know, it, we, they monitor everything that's said, everything that you say, so you just have to be circumspect. And, and once you know that they're doing it, you know, it's, it's cool. You know, you know they're monitoring you, so we're not trying to overthrow the government or anything like that, but they, they're right. just keeping tabs. <laughs> right. They're just keeping tabs. But anyway, consumer spending this, this time of the year, uh, Darnell, uh, how do you see it? Do you think people are going to hold back? you think people are going to – because the, the, there's a lot of uncertainty in the economy, and, uh, you know, some people should – you know, maybe some people should, you know, uh, curtail some of their spending uh, methods uh, this uh, this holiday season. How do you how do you think that's going to turn out? Well, we have seen in October, looking at the data, that consumer spending has failing I may mean, fail a little bit uh, because uh, a lot of people are unemployed and their credit card balances are maxed out. Um, we have seen over the years. Uh, people use credit cards going to debt just for the holiday, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Because one of, one of the reasons that in America we show love is gifts and giving to people. And right now, we're probably over 30% of Americans are maxed out on credit cards. Once we get to 40%, you're going to start seeing consumer spending um, take a, a major fall. And probably in the first quarter, uh, 2024, I am predicting because of the holidays, the people who haven't maxed out on their credit cards will. And we will meet meet over the 40% of the people who have maxed out on their credit cards by first quarter 2024. And with that said, you're going to start seeing um, reports saying consumer spending um, had fell off more than, you know, the third, fourth quarter of 2023. And with the higher interest rates, that doesn't help at, at, at all as well, Carl. So you're going to start seeing people um, complaining about the interest rates again, and mortgages applications are going down, auto loans, people are not getting auto loans, and um, people are not spending after the first quarter of 2024 because people overspent uh, for the Christmas holidays in 2023. 
Yeah, in our business too, we know it's always noted that the, the first part of the year is always the slowest part, especially for advertisers who come back because the rest of they, you know, they've spent all their money, but they'll come back maybe in February or March. They'll come back. The advertisers will come back and start advertising because they know the folks have spent all their money over the Christmas holiday, so they won't be able to afford their goods, and they're trying to get the best bang for their buck. So yeah, that's something to to watch. But for for us going into the holiday, your suggestion is we cut back. Or curtailed, uh, cut off altogether, or how how do you see? What sort of advice would you give? I would say, um, this is not financial advice, but I would always recommend people to cut back and talk about finances. We need to sit down at the table, talk to our family. If you are a single person, um, talk to the person you're dating or or, um, your family members and say, how can you cut your expenses? If you can move in with someone, um, that is the major thing, or have somebody move in with you, or even share, getting a two-bedroom apartment, or, you know, find ways to reduce the major thing is your rent and mortgage. Then find a way to pay off debt. And if you are looking for a new career, if you like something that's not technical with something easy, it's project management. If you are a very technical person, if you want to increase your um, salary to try something new that's very fast to get into is cybersecurity. So there's a lot of things we can do to make sure that we are employed for the next 10 to 15 years. And, you know, project management and IT are, are the way for me that I think is going to be lucrative or sustained in the next 10 to 15 years. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right. Uh 800-450-7876. Zach is joining us. He's online, too. He's calling from Baltimore. Good morning, Zach. You're on with Darnell. Good morning. And, Mr. Darnell, let me tell you something. I am so glad to hear you on here talking about this. I really am. I tell you, I work for this guy. This guy, I don't know, he was just so jealous of me for some reason. He just, I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, this guy's got millions. And the fool... Went to when they had the campaign when the um they put the new um states not states attorney but the um the tax um preparer in the tax person they this guy put so much money into this man's campaign all of a sudden I started getting I got audited 
Okay, I gave all the papers. Zach, Zach I'll tell you what. It's, uh, we want to hear this story, but so hold your thought right there. But we are going to take another quick break here and check the traffic and weather in our different cities and the news for our listeners in Baltimore, where you are. Folks, you want to join this conversation with Darnell? I want to hear Zach's story. Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB, also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. Hey, good morning again, family. Thanks for rolling with us this morning, a minute after the top of the hour with our guest. He's a banking and financial expert. His name is Donnell Parker. 800-450-7876. Those are the numbers to call speak to Donnell. Before we left, we're speaking with Zach on line two, calling from Baltimore. So, Zach, I'm going to let you finish your question or your comment for, for uh, Donnell. Listen, let, let me try to start over again. I, I'm very sorry from the beginning of this, okay, because I'm very emotional about this, and I'm not, and I can't, I'm so upset with it, I can't think properly, so I can't, some of the things that are coming out a little, um, not right, right right now, so please forgive me, okay? But this has been going on for almost eight years now, and this guy gave this guy this money, the IRS commissioner or whatever he is, you know, and I made sure that this year, when, when um, Westmore won, I made sure I got out and voted for him, and I made sure I tried to talk everybody and call everybody that I could to tell them to vote for Westmore to make sure that this guy would not become governor. I'm a true believer. When you do dirty things, it will come back on you. You will get yours. And I tried my best to make sure that that guy was not going to get into the governor's seat, and he got out of there. And then... The woman gets in, money, some money went to her. And sure enough, she held my money up as well. But she only held it up until the last exact day of IRS. I'm telling you, these people, so I was told that I might, what I should do is probably write a letter to the governor and explain to him that I'm being harassed and show him how I'm being harassed, how they're holding my money. One year, I didn't get, we didn't get our money for almost a year. Before we even got our money, a whole year before we got, and I'm not getting fifteen thousand or twenty thousand dollars. Me and my wife, we're getting maybe two thousand dollars. I mean, we're not uh, even uh, getting hardly any money. These people that. But, but let me jump in here for a second, uh, Zach uh, and, and Darnell. Maybe you can answer this question: Is, is that is that a, a local or, or a federal? Because he's talking about the IRS. The, the, the governor doesn't have anything to do with the IRS, does he? No, Carl. I don't know the I don't know the uh, full details of his case. But when you look at it, he might be talking about the state, you know, getting a state refund or the total IRS refund. So if some someone he's saying that someone is holding up his funds, he re, his return. It can be state or federal. And okay. you know the the scary the scary part about this. I called the guy who does my taxes. He's one of my church members. I called him and said he's got his own. They got to own his own business. And I said to him, I said, um, you know, I, my money's being held. They're holding my money. I said, why? I mean, what 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 have we done? We don't. It's not. It's and it ain't no more than about two thousand dollars. I said, what is the reason for this? He said, oh, let me call and find out what's going on. Do you know? Till this day, right now, he has never called me back. 
He is scared. Well, Zach, let me ask the question that Donnell posed. Is this a state refund you're discussing or, or a federal refund? A federal, a federal refund. Okay. That's what, cause, uh, and Donnell, back me up if I'm wrong. Ed, does the federal government have to do anything with state refunds? Yes, they do. They they work lock and stack, I mean, um, lock with each other, indirectly and directly. Yeah, so that's, that's if, what I was told. If your church member hasn't contacted you back, um, I think there's an issue. Uh, one, of the, one of the red flags, I think that he took your money and deposited it and ran with it. Second reason, or it can be a red flag that he did something, maybe some write-offs or some, you know, he did something that, um, the IRS in the state might have said it's a red flag. You don't qualify for this tax credit or certain write-offs that they might have red flags and hold your money for a maybe a criminal investigation. Uh, now, let, let me say this to you. I can tell you this right now, okay? The kind of people that me and my wife are, we don't want any problems with anything. Guess what? Do not make any Shortcuts do not do anything illegal. We don't want it. We don't want to be bothered. We don't care. It doesn't matter to us. And he and and, and he knows that. Believe me. And he has never done it. And I know that for a fact. You know, we got but, but, the money. But I need to hold you. Do you have a copy of your tax return? Yeah, so I have. I, every, I well, believe me, I keep everything. I, I got some my stuff no, all I'm, back to probably 1990. Zach, please yeah. listen to me very keenly. Do you have a copy of your tax return that would actually file with the IRS? Not from him, but to actually file with the IRS. Yeah, I, yes, I do. So, so you contact the IRS, you log into their system, and you got a copy I, of it. I called them and I talked to them about it. And all they keep telling me is that you are being um you're being audited again. I said, audited for what? I said, we have to go over it again. I said, okay, go over it again. Call me and let me know cuz you always you, you tell me this the first year that it was done, they audited me. I mean, they wanted me to send all these papers back from years ago and Luckily, I keep a, I got a file cabinet, and I keep everything in it, okay? So I was able to send them every little thing. They sent me a paperback telling me, well, we found in the last 10 years that you uh, you should give us, um, like, $1,200. Okay, we'll pay you the $1,200. I, I don't know what you're saying, but okay, whatever. We just paid the $1,200. And then after that, it was just every year they would just harass me and just hold my money and sometimes, like I said, sometimes for almost a year. And then they would finally send it to me. And like, man, what is going on with these people? Why are they doing this? But it's, and I'm telling you, I know in my heart, I, my gut doesn't lie to me. I know that this guy is giving them money in their campaigns. I know for a fact he is. And this guy, and, this, and he's got them doing whatever he wants them to do. Just harass him, hold his money, don't give it back to him. These people need to be um, audited. I mean, if if somebody's doing something like this, somebody needs to go in and find out. If this person's giving you money, we want to know. We, if they're giving you money for your campaign, we need to know. And if you're holding somebody's money up for some reasons that's not right, guess what? And and you're just and you can't explain that. 
you need they need to be arrested. This is totally wrong. I mean, and that's not the only thing. These people who harass, they they giving big right. money to these people. These people will do anything for them. All right, Zach, we're going to let you go because uh, I only give Donnell a chance to because we have some other folks want to get on as well. But I, I thank you for your call. Donnell, you want to give uh, your parting thoughts uh, for Zach and his issues? Well, I don't know the full details and how everything happened in chronological order. He did say it for the past 10 years. Um, he did never stated that um, an IRS agent that, that audited him had contacted him. So I would think that he would need to get legal representation to represent him um, for that amount. But again, if it's only $1,200, $2,000, um, is it really worth, you know, fighting um, that? But he would have to probably dis- defend himself on future audits. So it seemed like it's 10 years of stress for him, but I think he needs to look at legal representation. Right. I think the key question you asked him, too, does he have his tax returns? Not the ones that he has, the ones that were actually filed with the IRS. Can you get a copy right. of that? Is it, can you? Because you don't know. You'll have one copy, and the copy that was actually filed with the IRS says something different. Can he just call the IRS or go online and get a copy of what was filed? Do you know? Yeah, it's probably better to go on. Yes, it's probably better to go online because um, I'm not sure if they do it verbally, but if you go online, if you register, you know, put your social security number, your date of birth, and you can in your email, you can get a copy. Then they will ask you your adjustable gross income. And then from the previous year, then you can get all of your copies for a certain number of years of what, what was actually filed with the IRS. And that's the key, right. what people need to go by, because there's been a lot of accountants that file your tax returns. So they said it's probably a tax return. And they did some shady stuff or they actually um, um, took the money, a part of your money, and never gave it to you or took all the money and ran. So we got to be very careful with that. All right. That's some good advice there. Ten after the top there. Before taking the call, I want to talk to you about the CEOs. There's a spate of CEOs. These bosses, he talked about bosses, uh, 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 you know, selling their stock and, and getting out of the business. What's going on here? What do they know that we don't know? Well, Jamie Dimon, he always talked about there's a hurricane coming. I think he stated that in 2022. Now it's 2023, as CEOs have to explain and um, why they're selling shares. He have over a billion dollars worth of shares with J.B. Morgan Chase, and he's selling 10% of his shares in first quarter 2024. And, you know, we always know that in the, in the stock market that there is a mass sell-off in the first quarter of each year because they want to pay the taxes of their gains from the previous year um, in the first quarter of 2024. So when you look at it, Apple CEO Tim Cook um, sold some stocks in NVIDIA. Um, Jensen sold, um, CEO sold um, 60,000 shares of their stock. So they're going to keep selling stocks into the first quarter of 2024. Now, the main thing is I think they're maximizing the height of the stock market. The stock market in 2023 is at an all-time high right now, and they're going to maximize pulling out some money before the market crash uh, first quarter 2024. Um, we go, we, and it's not, well, not really a crash. It's a sell-off that's going to create a, a slight crash, a reduction in probably about 10 to 20% of the stock market in the first quarter 2024. Now, people right. will say, well, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg didn't sell stock, 
but Mark Zuckerberg is not looking to retire. Uh, Microsoft just brought in two um, employees, uh, the former uh, CEO of OpenAI, and Microsoft is about to do some big things to compete against Tesla OpenAI technology. So Microsoft is um, looking forward to hire the best talent to um, compete in the AI industry. Now, Jamie Diamond is also predicting that uh, you know, the economy is going to crash next year. It, it, do you think this has anything to do with him, uh, you know, selling his stocks? Yes, that's probably one of the reasons he want to maximize the high value of J.P. Morgan Chase stock at a, a certain point. Um, so he want to take a large reduction of the J.P. Morgan Chase stock. And he can max out probably 10 to 20 percent of the stock now and cash out and buy other stock cheaper during the crash. But at the same time, Damian Diamond is pretty smart. He's going to keep 80% or more of 80% of the stock and probably sell a majority of it four years from now when he predicted to retire in 2026 to 2027. All right, we're coming up on break. When we come back, I want to talk about Elon Musk. He's another power player out there with a lot of money. And what he's doing is banking on Tesla. I want to get your thoughts on electric vehicles, if you think they're going to stick around. Because some people are saying that they've sort of plateaued. A plateaued. People have, you know, not really buying them as much as they are because the cost effect in maintenance, I guess the cost effect maintaining them is a problem or, or just too much money. So I want to get your thoughts on that when we get back. But we got to check the traffic and weather in our different cities. Folks, you want to join this conversation with our guest? He's a banking and financial expert. His name is Darnell Parker. Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, we're on FM 95.9. And AM 1450, WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. 20 minutes after the top of the hour with banking and financial expert Donnell Parker. Before we left, I was asking about Elon Musk, supposedly the richest man in the world in electric vehicles. And, and then Kevin has a question for you, uh, uh, Donnell. But let me read this tweet, too, because this sort of combines on what we're discussing about electric vehicles. This is from Edwin. He says, there was an article on poor EV sales. He says, it's the dealerships who are discouraging people not to buy because they make their money on repairs. EVs have less parts than cars. <laughs> but you should have added that those parts are more expensive but your thoughts on that is is that the problem with the ev sales or are people just uh uh just 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 you know just uh, just not just not it doesn't look very favorable right now how do you see what's going on and what does elon and does elon musk now get it wading into politics he's been accused of being an anti-semitic and endorsing the pizzagate uh theory that, that was discounted do you think that's that all of this is playing into what's happening with the especially with the, the tesla model which he owns well, Carl, I can talk about Tesla as a stock or Tesla as a company. Um, Tesla is more than a car company, but let me just talk about the EV part of Tesla. If you want to buy an EV, the only EV that I would buy is Tesla um, because of the supply chain. Um, Tesla is coming out with an EV product that is going to cost less than 40000 um, a lot of studies have shown that if you purchase a Tesla, it, it retains its value more than Toyota and Honda. It's the first car that retained its value more than um, Tesla Honda in the past 20 years. Second of all, Tesla stock, um, I believe, um, is trading, um, outperformed the earnings probably like 
18 out of the past 20. So this, the stock is outperforming um, what Wall Street wanted it to. And um, Tesla is the most selling car worldwide when it comes to electronic um, vehicles. So I don't see any issues with the Tesla as electronic vehicles. Now, his, their competitors, doesn't matter if it's GM, Toyota, or um, Lucid, and they can't, they're not on the same playing field or with Tesla. Tesla is a, the best product when it comes to electronic vehicles. So I don't understand when people are taking these articles, but they had to look at the financial report. Tesla is in a different ballgame than the, the tr- traditional other electronic vehicle companies. Um, Tesla is a winner, not a loser. All right. And, and the fact that now he's taking on, you know, the Jewish community and, you know, he's sort of back walking back some of the statements. You think that's going to be a problem for him? No, no, not at all. Not for Elon Musk. Um, you got to remember, there's positive and negative energy. There are certain people that can say comments like our former comedian ancestor, um, um, Mooney, used to make comments about the Jewish Paul, community. Paul Mooney. Um, yeah, Paul Mooney. Um, there are certain people that can make those comments and and maybe um, reject those comments or rebuke those comments later. But no, he's still going to be a rock and roller. He's with the New World Order. Um, he's with the positive and negative energy. Um, it could be a fake um, debate between those two parties. But Tesla, Elon Musk is not going anywhere right now. He, he's uh, he's rolling with the New World Order. He's on TV all the time talking. So. A lot of some people behind the scenes are pitting Elon Musk in an area and a place to be the richest man on the planet um, consistently for the next 10 years. Right, because he was out there in San Francisco meeting with Xi as well, had a private audience where a lot of the folks, you know, had to go to the dinner. He had a private audience with with Xi. And I want to get to uh, uh, Kevin's question, but your thoughts on on Xi meeting in San Francisco that... Uh, economy because some people say it's 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 in in shatters it, it, that's why he needed to come and break bread with biden they have problems over there and that may you know see some of their expansion in the, in africa and all those other third world countries how do you see what's going on with, chi- with china well i didn't really see um the meeting that um, elon musk and biden had in san francisco i didn't read the report but my analysis to understand what happened in 2017. In 2017, I was actually in San Francisco when the United States private corporations, technology, blockchain companies gave the technology to China from facial recognition, blockchain technology, so they can build their uh, belt and road, their supply chain. So uh, China will be the most powerful supply chain um, country in the world uh, because of technology. So with that said, um, China didn't create majority of technology. The majority of technology came from us. And when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he changed the name to X, and he even stated himself he's going to make Twitter like um, WeChat in China. We gave China the technology for WeChat and Alibaba, which is Amazon. So um, Twitter in the future, you're going to be able to make payments, talk to people, message people. Um, similar to what they do in China. It's called WeChat. So we all share information. Uh, sometimes people say that people buy or steal information, but this information was directly given to China on purpose to make sure China um, to test the system before we use the systems here in America.
All right, 26 after the top of the hour. Kevin has a question for you, Darnell. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning, Carl. Good morning, Darnell. How you feeling? Good morning, Kevin. All right. Feeling good. Well, um, Mark brought up a point as he was saying he was holding the currency, the dollar in his hand, and he could touch it, feel it, smell it, you know. And he made me think about my own collection of Bitcoin. And and so I I looked at my blockchain and... uh, there's this new term, the DeFi wallet. And I wanted to ask you about DeFi. I know you can explain it as well as does that affect the anonymity we enjoyed before with uh, collecting Bitcoin? What is, what is that about? What's the DeFi movement? Well, DeFi is called decentralized finance. Instead of having everything on a centralized location, like one location, they use different um, technology like servers and um, across the world, across the country and decentralized things. So when a transaction is done on this decentralized block, which is, can be a server, it can always report to all other servers across the world. And it would be one, it would be multiple servers instead of one compared to back in the 1940s through the 1970s. We had a mainframe system. It was all in one system. Um, currently, um, the DeFi is going to have different nodes and servers across the world that you can make transactions faster by having multiple servers instead of one server reporting to. And like, for example, you might have a server in Washington, D.C. Now you're going to have, you know, um, 1,000 servers across the world that can make transactions. Well, didn't that, that always exist with the? Didn't that no. always exist with the invention of Bitcoin? No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're looking at Bitcoin. I'm looking at uh, blockchain technology. So Bitcoin is only the transfer for, that system was only transfer for Bitcoin. There's other systems like Ripple or, um, or Ethereum, XLM, that you, right. yeah, Ethereum, you can transfer all um, currencies or, or technology. Now, we have to remember, I'm using the word currency so you can relate to. All stock and real estate would be on, on blockchain technology. It, it would be tokenized, and you build a trade or sell your part of your home, portion of your home, to raise capital and collateral as well in the future. And so, so that's on a de- decentralized system then. Right. A de- de- decentralized system, yes. All and right. again, I'm talking for educational purposes. I'm not an advocate of 
of of any currency. I'm talking about the technology itself. Yes, sir. I get that. Um, so okay. similarly, there used to be anonymity with the purchase of you know any of the cryptocurrency, and now with this DeFi system, that takes that away. Am I correct in saying that? I mean, a couple of the no, that's not true. Oh, that's okay. not true. No. So certain transactions can be um, anonymous. But let me ask you a question. How did you buy your crypto from day one? Um, they have the ATMs everywhere, and they're growing prolifically now. Everywhere you look, there's an ATM for Bitcoin. So I've, I've been buying through the ATM, but they've changed the way it works with this DeFi wallet. And um, now they want, like, your ID and almost your fingerprint and everything. And uh, so it slowed down my right. co my collection. Go ahead, sir. Well, it shouldn't slow down, it shouldn't slow down your connection. Um, you shouldn't let um, certain things be done because they're asking for your personal information to stop your progress of what you want to do personally. Uh -huh. um, you, can keep, you can keep the uh, Bitcoin separate that you had done anonymous. Uh, but you should still keep pur purchasing by creating a separate wallet and just, you know, just be honest that you, you bought it. So okay. there's nothing wrong with that. So just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep it separate. Um, the one that you had anonymously, I mean, an anonymous and the one that um, you want to purchase, you know, keep purchasing. Uh -huh. um, just send it to your DeFi wallet so they know who you are. Because at the end of the day, once you start doing a transaction, they're going to know majority of who you are anyway. So right. you can try to hide, but you only can hide the portion that you bought, you know, um, anonymous. But the stuff that you're purchasing now, they might know. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that stop your progress of, of your future goals. Right, because it's still going to go up or down like it does anyway. And, well, thank you right, for your yeah. time, Donnell. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for the question. All right, thanks, Kevin. Let me ask you this though, uh, Donnell, how secure? Because you guys should talk about the, the blockchain technology that we're going to be using in the future. How secure is blockchain technology? Well, private corporations and the federal government done studies on blockchain technology, and if you use it correctly, it's more secure than using a credit card, um, a check, or um, going online. Um, you know, it's, it's the most secure um, access of any system in the banking industry. And that's one of the reasons that blockchain technology was developed, so that it is more secure and faster than our traditional system. And explain that to us now, folks who are not educated like you and Kevin about this blockchain technology and Bitcoin and Ethereum and these other Bitcoins that, that are out there. How does it work? How's, what's, what's the difference from what we're our regular banking? Most of us now are still doing using the regular banking, credit cards, uh, debit cards. What's, what's the difference, basically? Well, it's a different ledger, Carl. So the blockchain technology is built on blocks. That's why you got block, and it used the second word, chain. Once you do a transaction, it's, it's one block. Then the second transaction is another block. And those two transaction create a blockchain. So every transaction you, you do will be held forever on a blockchain. And so you can see all the transactions from day one into the future. And it, allegedly you can't um, remove a transaction, but we know who control the systems can remove certain transactions. We know who control the system can create things privately. 
and without um, the general public know. So instead of using um, a check or credit card, it's it's a, it's a different system that will allow um, you to see everything you've done for your history compared to going back to a ledger, asking the bank, um, which you did back in 2019. They might have had a record of that, but a blockchain technology would keep everything that you have done for your entire life. And who else would be able to see that, though? Private corporations, government. Um, your, if you ask for the Freedom of Information Act, um, they might be able to get you know certain people information. If if you can get someone wallet address, like he mentioned, he have a private wallet. If I know his address, I can retrace all of his transactions to see where his transaction came from. So you can go to EtherScan and actually, if it's just time consuming, but you can trace transactions to the beginning of time. Um, also, there's right. a we, we, big well, hold the thought right there because we come up on break, uh, Donna. I'll let you finish explaining that. And you mentioned that if you have that address, you can get, you can seize money. <laughs> my question, my follow-up question is, can you take it out? 800-450-7876. Speak to Donnell Parker. He's a banking and financial expert. Take your phone calls after this uh, news, traffic, and weather update right here in Baltimore in four minutes on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV or on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. 19 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, the banking and financial expert, Donnell Parker. If you'd like to speak to Donnell, the number is 800-450-7876. Before we go back to him, though, let me remind you, coming up later this morning, we're going to speak with uh, futuristic researcher, Brother Sadiq Bakari. Also coming up later this week, we're going to have uh, Baltimore homeless advocate, uh, Minister Christina Flowers will be here to tell us what she's doing for the homeless uh, during this holiday season. Also, uh, Pan-African activist, Dr. David Horn will be here, along with the research researcher, Brother Keedy, and also uh, journalist Brother Obi is going to hear with his, some of his children. They're going to perform a uh, perform a skit for Asada Shakur. So make sure that you keep your radio locked in right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also on the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. Charles in D.C. has a question for you. Before we go to Charles Darnell, you and Kevin were talking about cyber, we're talking about the, you know, what's going on with blockchain. And my question, how secure is blockchain? You know, if, if you're saying people can see, you can go back and look at all your transactions for the rest of your life. Who else can see that? Can the bank, can the government, who else can see those transactions? Yes, Carl, as I stated before, um, anyone who have access to EtherScan can trans, um, look at these transactions. And it's very time-consuming, Carl, unless you have um, a system or access to the blockchain, like a company called Chain Analysis, they can actually do things a lot faster than what I can do because they have the system directly tied to the blockchain and they can pull certain address to see if um, where the transaction came from and where it went and how much is in the balance of these transactions. But could you also transfer money from somebody else's uh, uh, blockchain account into your account? No, you have to do certain um, tactics to get into someone else's um, account. Like, for example, crypto jacking. This is the most popular form of Stealing crypto, um, a criminal will actually install malware to your computer by contacting you and say, hey, um, I want to, you know, trade 
you know, trade your crypto for you and make you, you know, 300%. And people will allow them access to their computer and they run their malware behind the scenes. And slowly they will steal the money or they'll just take all the money out and run. So I would recommend not letting people contact you to um, trade your crypto or your stocks or anything or um, have access to your computer. Never let anyone have access to your computer and avoid clicking on links that you do not know, like um, installing adware or um, extension. But one key thing from a technology standpoint you can do you can always disable JavaScript on your browser so that the um, the malware will not run. So that's the key thing that people have to do. If you have JavaScript on your computer, um, disable it immediately. Right, some good advice right there. 16 minutes away from the top of the hour. Let's go to line two. Charles is calling from Washington, D.C. Good morning, Charles. Hey, good morning, brothers. Uh, I've got a uh, comment and a question. Uh, for Darnell, our banking and financial expert. Uh, my comment is just on the Marilyn Mosby situation. You know, tens of thousands of those transactions happen uh, daily, what she did. And actually, the government or IRS really doesn't define hardship because hardships are unique to each individual. For example, uh, in her case, it could have been, hey, my parent or elderly parent needs to get into a warmer weather environment. Uh, so that's a hardship and they don't have the money. I could buy the home for her. It's 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 unique to each individual. And that's why they don't define it. It happens all the time. So clearly it was political and, and they're not going through looking. They, they leave it up to the taxpayer are the employer to define hardship. That's my comment. Okay, my question to our expert is, I've heard you talking about blockchains, cryptocurrency, Jamie Dimon. Before a guy like me, who's just trying to maintain Brother Darnell, it, it with all of the inflation and everything going on, what, it, what three or four things would you say for the next year? that a guy who's just trying to maintain, pay his bills, keep his head above water, what, what would you recommend? Thank you, Charles, for the question. Um, before I answer your question, I would like to state that um, the United States Department of Treasury did provide documentation and examples of what a hardship is during the CARES Act, during the EDIL application. If the applicant would have went on their website, there there was a few examples to explain how and what is considered a hardship. And one of the reasons that consider hardship, you had to have loss of revenue from income or business business revenue um, to consider a hardship. Um, if Marilyn Mosey did not lose her job or um, separate from her job or um, was furloughed for three to six months then she could not qualify for that check for hardship. So there was actually um, um, information on a Department of Treasury website um, and under the CARES Act, it, who and why somebody qualify for hardship. Um, for his question about what should he do. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, before you go further, okay. before you go further. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm speaking relative to 
her 401k, or in his, her case, it could be a 403b. You're allowed different hardship exemptions. And, and so you can also say they gave examples, but they they did give examples, but hardships is a relative term. They didn't say it has to be one of these instances, for example. One person's hardship may not be another person's hardship. Now, a loss of income could be there, but also if you had to take on additional responsibilities, which a lot of people did during COVID, that was considered a hardship because I know someone who applied and was approved because they didn't lose their income. They just took on additional family responsibilities. Uh, and let me throw this in right. there, fellas. Uh, it could be the fact that, you know, you're going through a divorce or a separation. Could that be hardship as well? Because then you're, you're talking about two salaries and now you're down to one salary. Uh, I'll throw that on top and let Donnell respond. Yes. Go ahead. Right, Carl. So so that is part of the hardship. A divorce or a separation is part of the hardship because she lost revenue from a two-parent or – I know I believe she have kids, you know, but um, from a two-parent household to a one-parent household – or oh, one income household. Yes, that's part of the hardship. That's considered a loss of income. Now, I didn't pull up the court case. I just saw the record from the Maryland um, Attorney General um, indictment. So I would have to pull the information to actually see where they get the two counts from, because one of the counts I know she qualified for, but the, the two counts that I believe they went after her for um, is, is provided in the CARES Act under the CFR, the Code of Financial, I mean, the Code of Federal Re- Register, it is documented in there what they consider a hardship is. And she or her attorney should explain that during the indictment, how and why she qualified for the checks that she checkmarked on the application. And like I said, Carl and Charles, you would be amazed of how many people lie on applications and they don't go after them because they would have to create probably 17 federal prisons in America to go after everyone. Um, well, well, one right. final thing I'll, I'll say. Well, can I add yeah. one final thing? Even before mm-hmm. they got to Marilyn Mosby, Steve Mnuchin and all of the crooked transactions he ran and then became a head of a government, they never even went after him. All over California, he 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 stole money basically and contributed to the financial crisis in 08 and 09. So it was clearly political. And, and, and I'll just ask if you can answer the question for the average guy, you know, cause I know you're, you're speaking about people with money. Okay. But can you tell a guy who doesn't have money, what they can do for the next six months to a year to stay afloat in the financial chaos? And thank you. And I'll take the call off the air. Thank you, Charles. Um, One of the things one of the things I would say, meet with a financial advisor. If you don't have the time and resources to meet with a financial advisor, look at your budget. Look what how much money coming in, how much money is going out. One thing we can do uh, immediately is cut our expenses in some form or fashion from eating out or um, buying clothes or um, cutting back from um, certain foods that we buy. Um, find a way to cut even cable or um, some things that we actually don't need. And also, I'm an advocate of, you know, building the black community by marriages and getting married and um, or moving in with someone to reduce your expenses. And um, those are some of the things I think that 
people can do. And even, you know, some people in D.C. or some cities that have good train systems, um, get, get rid of your car if you can. You know, do you really need your car? Um, but if you do need to keep it. So that's something you can't get rid of. All right, and that's some good advice. Uh, but going back to Marilyn Mosley for a little bit, though, because she, she couldn't even afford an, an attorney. She had to use a court-ordered attorney. So it, it, can she? I, I know you haven't. You know, I'm not as familiar with the case either uh, as some people are. But can she appeal? Do you know if she can appeal, or is she appealing the conviction? Yes, I'm not sure if she, if she is. I haven't looked at the court documents. I can put a court documents, but she, you know, easily. Um, I could have, you know, any. She's an attorney. I mean, I'm not going to start. She's a very intelligent, beautiful, beautiful young lady. Um, with with children, um, so she could actually easily explain um, why she checked those boxes and uh, show personally why um, she qualified for those hardships. And me personally, like I don't know the full situation, but I can pull the court case this weekend and look at it um, and see how they um, said that she didn't, or or how she could appeal it, explain herself why she qualified for the hardship. All right, you know, we're back to to uh, all the cryptocurrency and the blockchains. Are we are we going to see an increase in cyber attacks uh, as we move forward through through the next year? How do you see that? Um, yes, Carl, that's something they're not reporting on TV right now. There have been numerous federal agencies and private corporations that's consistently been me, um, attacked by uh, other countries um, to get into their system to steal um, identification. So. One of the things we will see, as we've seen overseas recently with a bank um, cyber attack on a bank, is that uh, people are trying to hack into their system, steal you know, personal information, and also to steal money from certain bank accounts or certain, um, if you talk about cryptocurrency, even crypto accounts, that you will see a, a war on cyber attacks to get into um, government agencies and also get into people's bank accounts. All right. And when we come back, tell us where these attacks coming from, because, you know, we tend to think that somebody's in his basement on a computer get hacking into people's accounts or in the government accounts. Sometimes they say the Russians are doing it, the Chinese are doing it. But so where do you think all of these attacks, these cyber attacks are, are generated? Folks, you want to join this conversation with Donnell, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Phone calls in this, uh, four minutes right here at six away from the top. They are on 1010 WOLB in Baltimore, also in the DMV. We're on FM. 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL where information is power. Well, good morning again, family. Minute after the top of the hour with a financial and banking expert, Donnell Parker. Brother Siddiqui is on deck. We'll get to him momentarily. Uh, and uh, Donnell got some folks sent tweets for you, so I'll just pass them on to you. But I want to, you're talking about the, the, a lot of what you call uh, cyber attacks are taking place, but they're not making the news. So, so my question to you is, where are these uh, folks who are uh, doing the cyber attacking? They're on the computer somewhere. Are they local or, they, or overseas? Carl, as a certified fraud examiner, and I have IT, three IT certifications, let me group all of the knowledge that I have learned. The majority of cyber attacks come from within an organization. A current or former employee um, worked the system to um, perform a cyber attack because they have access to the system. They know how the system works, and they know how to get in the system as an, on, on the back way as a current or former employee. 
Now, we know we have certain countries using cybersecurity experts hacking into other countries to gain, you know, certain information. We have corporations trying to hack into each other to try to gain a competitive advantage by stealing customer information, marketing strategies, or even patents. And also we have individuals at home, um, cybersecurity experts, um, trying to hack into um, information from like the governments or corporations or um, even the black web and to put money, I mean, to put the information on a black web or sell back directly to their competitors as well. So there's a, a lot of ways that people are stealing information to try to sell to other individuals or to keep for themselves to have a competitive advantage in the future. All right. Thanks for sharing that with us. Don Ellen, thank you for all the information that you shared today. Folks, there are some folks who reached out to me. They want to reach out to you. How can they get to you? Yes, Carl, they can reach me at area code 202-643-8301. Again, my number is area code 202-643-8301. Carl, thank you for having me on your show again. All right, thank you, and thank you for all the information you shared with us this morning. Learned a lot of stuff, uh, Darnell. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks, three at the top. We have Brother Siddiqui. Good morning. Greetings. How are you, brother? Excellent. How about yourself? I'm feeling great, feeling wonderful. And for those of you just uh, uh, some of our new listeners don't know, Brother Siddiqui is what we call a futuristic researcher. He goes on and looks what's going on with AI, artificial intelligence. It comes back and provides us with the information. Uh, I'm going to ask you again to explain the transhumanism, because I think a lot of the, the changes that we see coming down the pike, Brother Siddiqui, and you correct me if I'm wrong, this is, is, is based on transhumanism. For those folks who don't know what that term means, especially some of our new listeners, we've got a bunch of new listeners. Could you explain that for us? Yes, um, it's all based on transhumanism when we deal with AI and technology. Transhumanism is the merging of man and machine. And when we say man and machine, we're referring to us as humans, of course, and the many different aspects and forms of technology. Um, It's as simple as that, yet it's also as complex as that. Yeah, and a question I ask you each and every time, how close are they to, to having these machines have feelings? Can they love? Can they hate? C- can they feel emotions? Can you know How close are they to creating that? Or is it, has it already been created and just not shared with us yet? No, nah, it, it can't. It will never be created. You can't create feelings. Um, of course, they will continue to promote the agenda and narrative that technology or AI in general um, can be, can have feelings, can have emotions, can be sentient, can be conscious, can be aware, you know, all of these different things that um, are human uh, a reality. So these are things that they will continue to do. <clears throat> and this is why it's important that we, you know, we really begin to study and pay attention to what's going on in regards to um, not only AI and technology, but most importantly, what's going on with ourselves spiritually. All right. Give us an example of a transhumanism. Okay. So um, just, just, just to keep it real simple for the listeners to really grasp it, you know, when you look at the many movies um, that's, that's been out for decades, half a century, um, you look at, those particular type of movies, RoboCop, 
Terminator, you know, those, all of those types of movies, AI, the movie AI. Um, when you look at those movies, primarily what they're showing you is the merging of man and machine, however the scenario plays itself out. So those are the easiest examples for people um, to really grasp and to understand. But then there's also more um, difficult to grasp and understand aspects of transhumanism as well. Um, when you start getting into the metaverse and, you know, all of these different things that have been happening uh, lately. So, you know, that's transhumanism in a nutshell. Um, so just really pay attention to, you know, how how you're being moved into this notion of technology and, and how um, they're using media and propaganda and mind control um, and the many different things that they're using in order to make people think that or manipulate people to think that um, technology is <laughs> the future when in essence the future is us and the decisions that we make, um, how we decide to move forward. Um, we were here long before artificial intelligence and we'll be here long after artificial intelligence. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All right, eight minutes after the hour with uh, Br Brother Siddiqui. Brother Siddiqui, you mentioned that uh, movies, do they always tell us what they're doing in these movies? Or so we should be more aware of what uh, some of these things that sort of looks like futuristic, and then all of a sudden we, we see it's commonplace. Uh, an example like, uh, the, you know, the fax machine, <laughs> it's been out for years, and, and I guess they used it during, during World War II, from what I understand, and then all of a sudden they have no more use for it anymore, so they just uh, let everybody use it. it is that what's going on? You, you have to uh, look at movies differently now? Absolutely. Movies movies are a major factor. Um, any type of media, for that matter, um, plays plays a role or a factor. Um, I think it's Time Magazine that has its man of the year every year. Um, I don't know if they still do it. Um, in 19, I think it was 82, if I'm not mistaken. The man of the year was the computer. So <laughs> now we see what's happening with transhumanism and they're telling you um, that technology is sentient, is conscious, it's aware. Once again, it's, it's merging the line or blurring the line of, of uh, humanity and technology and all of these different things. So, um, you know, that was what, 40 years ago. 
So 45, 40, whatever years ago. So, you know, these are the things that they do. And of course the movies, um, definitely they give you these blueprints, so to speak in the movie, um, to desensitize people in regards to the technology. Once the technology, um, actually comes out to the masses, you know, those technologies are already old. Once they show you in the movies, um, you know, it's already 50 years old at that point. So, um, when it comes to technology, humanity in general is behind. So again, these, these new technologies are really old technologies and, you know, they bring them out at the appropriate time. Um, also, um, these technologies are aspects of warfare. And I say this all the time when you are dealing with technology and AI, obviously they're going to promote the things that assist you in your life, right? So it makes it easier for you to be able to bank online and do all of these different things that you can do, you know, sitting on your couch or whatever the situation may be. So they'll show you those things, you know, how you can make money, all of those different things that technology can be used for as a benefit to to get back in contact with your your friend from 50 years ago or whatever the situation might be, your family. So they're going to show you those things. Um, but there's a, a, another side that people rarely talk about. Whatever technology it is that you're dealing with, there's a, there's a mechanism of warfare when you deal with that technology, meaning it is used for warfare. And that's what we need to understand. That component always exists, whether it's your digital phone, whether it's your laptop, whether it's your computer, whether we're dealing with algorithms, whatever it is that we're dealing with in regards to technology and AI. All right, turn out that top there. Darnell mentioned, you know, all this is powered by the internet. And Darnell mentioned that there's a dark internet. There's another internet. Other folks hang out. There's probably another internet that, that you know, uh, that they hang out too in cyberspace. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to that? Because you know, the only internet that we know for, for the public now is one that most of us are on. But there's another internet that other folks are on. And I think a lot of these decisions have made there. And then there's a dark internet. So how many levels do you know of internet services are there? So let's think about the internet. When did society, at least here in the U.S., get the internet as a whole? We're probably talking, what, the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Um, (laughs) So before we were even exposed to the internet, the internet goes back to um, at least the 50s as far as documentation. And that internet was used um, by the government, CIA, FBI, and things of that nature. And the purpose of it is absolutely not the purpose that people think it's for or use it for today. It was used for um, uh, surveillance and things of that nature. So, That was the purpose of the Internet. It was a spy tool, so to speak. So, yes, obviously there's many different levels because you're still going to have a spy tool to this day if that was the purpose of its creation. So, yes, it's it's dark webs, all these different types of webs that the people listening to this show have no access to and will never have access to, and all of that is intentional. So again, what are we talking about? We're talking about technology that has a, as you worded it, a dark side to it, all right? So that is what we're dealing with no matter what what aspect of technology 
it is. I don't care how advanced you are in technology, the government can deal with your technology, however need be or see fit. And you said most of it is also, all of this is based on military use at one time, and then they decide that, it, you know, they no longer need it. So uh, us, Joe Public, can, can use it. Is that what's going on? Well, absolutely. And even if that is not the premise for a specific technology, there's always going to be the stimuli to use it as a technology for warfare or military. All right, we're going for a break, and I got a tweet question about Dubai for you. And I'll re- uh, let me read, and then uh, when we come back, I'll let you respond. Uh, I'll just read it as it is. Uh, the tweeter says Dubai Smart City Project adopts AI strategy that calls for the transformation of about a thousand government services. It's focused on six key sectors, namely transportation, infrastructure, communications, economic services, urban planning, and electricity. Mm-hmm. This no- is your, um, your series. <laughs> I don't know what means your thesis, but that's the, the question. I'll let you respond to that when we get back. 14 after the top okay. of the hour, take another check of the traffic and weather in our different cities. Folks, you want to join this conversation, Brother Siddiqui, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your phone calls in four minutes in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, run FM 95.9 and AM 1450. W-O-L, or information is power. Good morning, family. 19 minutes after the top of the hour with uh, Brother Siddiqui. Brother Siddiqui is a futuristic researcher. He's giving us an update on AI, artificial intelligence. Brother Siddiqui, before we respond to the question about uh, Dubai, one of our listeners, Furman, just uh, sent, me, uh, uh, sent me a tweet with a, with a posting that says, ARPANET says the ARPANET uh, project of the Advanced Research Projects Agency of the Department of Defense developed the technology that became the foundation for the Internet at this site. This this is in uh, Rosslyn, Virginia, in Arlington County, Mm -hmm. uh, from 1970 to 1975. It goes on to say originally intended to support military needs. ARPANET technology was soon applied to civilian uses, allowing information to be rapidly and widely available the internet and services such as email, e-commerce, and the world, world, uh, world wide web continues to grow mm-hmm. as the underlying technologies evolve. The innovations inspired by the ARPANET have provided great benefits for society. And this is a plaque that's uh, in Arlington County, mm-hmm. Virginia, or Rosslyn, I think. Uh, so it, that, that just uh, squares with what you've been teaching us all along. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Um, that, I have that information in my book as well. Um, I I had a conversation with uh, one of your listeners regarding um, this very topic, uh, uh, Brother Furman. So, yes, that's absolutely correct. Um, Also, I would like to take a moment just to thank, um, if I can, Carl, some of your listeners, um, Walt Harp, Stanley Hill, just want to thank them for all of their support um, as far as the books, the classes, and things of that nature, um, the consultations. And there's other people as well, but I just wanted to uh, really mention them at the moment because they've been on my spirit um, as well. Uh, um, as far as the Dubai, um, and we're dealing with smart technology or smart cities, right? That was the question. It's not in. It's not Correct. new. Smart cities. It's not new. People are already in smart cities. So what you're talking about is the so-called advancement of those technologies that already exist, right? So when we look at smart cities, it's, it's, again, it's not something new. If you're talking about grids and things of that nature that already exist, you already are in a smart city. 
All right. Electricity. Everyone's connected to electricity. You're in a smart city. All right. Um, the, the, the ability to use digital phones and, and, and computers and Internet and all of these different things. You're already connected to a digital city, so to speak, a smart city, so to speak. So this is what's happening. So people are can, can better and more clearly um, understand what's happening here. When you say smart city, you might as well say the Internet of Things. You might as well say the Internet of Humans. You might as well say all of these different things, because what it's about, it's about tapping into you as a human with the technology. That's what it is about. That's what it means. It's also about surveillance, as I mentioned earlier, things of that nature. So when we deal with smart cities, you notice you started hearing about it, even though it's, again, it's not new, but the masses started hearing about it around 5G. That's when you really started hearing about smart cities, because 5G is the foundation that they're going to be using for this next level of what they're calling smart cities. All right. And let's look at 5G. 5G has been, been, been around for 60, 70 years, just as far as the, the overstanding of it and things of that nature. So, again, that's not new. So now we're looking at 5G. 5G is about an infrastructure for everyone to tap into from a standpoint of 5G technologically. So that's what we're talking about. So whether it's augmented reality and the virtual world, these are all 5G applications that are or will be major parts of smart cities. When you deal with 5G, what are you dealing with? Smart vehicles, <laughs> transportation infrastructure, smart buildings, smart cities, autonomous cars. So all these things that you're hearing about are all connected in aspects of one thing to a degree. Industrial uh, automation, um, ability to connect billions of devices and things of that nature. So again, it's about the connection. But when we say device, they're talking about you, too, as a human. Look up the Internet of Things, which is dealing with human interfacing with technology. All right. Um, so these are things that's happening. 5G is the foundation for smart cities and, 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 and things alike. That's that's what we're talking about. AI machine learning and things of that nat uh, nature, face computing. All of these things are part of this notion of smart cities, 5G applications, and things of that nature. So, again, what you're going to be dealing with, and people don't understand it because people are going to be involved in how, oh, technology is uh, advancing and you're going to get left behind. So, again, people don't know the game. So here comes the marketing, here come the promotions, and, and it's low-key fear. Oh, you'll get left behind if you don't deal with this technology, right? In, in, in essence, that's fear. AI is a psyop. If people really pay attention and know what artificial intelligence is and, and how they're handling it and maneuvering it. Now, I'm not saying there's not benefits because there's benefits. However, you're dealing with a government, you have to overstand this government. So they leave you slogans and things of that nature like AI. The AI revolution is here. The AI gold rush is here, right? So these are the things that they're using to manipulate people's minds. AI is the future. 
how to get smarter on AI, you know, all of these different things. Uh, yet we know when we look at intelligence and things of that nature, when we look at overstanding nature, when we look at the universe, when we look at humanity and things of that nature, that AI wasn't part of that process of us knowing how to uh, to deal with, with, with vegetation, fruit, harvesting, all of these different things that has kept us here for the, the, the many thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of years and so on and so forth that we may have possibly been here. So these are the things that we're dealing with. Chat PT is taking over the Internet. Like people have seen all of these these uh, advertisements, <clears throat> Chat GPT for president 2024, right? I literally know everything referring to Chat GPT. So these are the things that we see from a standpoint of marketing, advertising, to move people into this quote-unquote reality of those particular advertisements, AI, technology in general, and also, as the caller mentioned, or the message, smart centers, cities, smart centers, things of that nature. You mentioned 5G, but now we're hearing on TV, we've seen all these commercials for 10G. What's, what's going to be the difference between a 5G community and a 10G community? A process. So people have been able to see this process thus far, 4G, um, what was prior to 4G. So people can see, you know, the, the differences in the technology, the augmentation, so to speak, the technological term that they use, meaning that it's um, better than it was before, the advancement of it, so to speak. So people have been able to see that. So now they're moving into 5G. So what you're going to see is probably every maybe seven years, give or take a year or two, um, you're going to see that that next level or generation of technology. So after 5G, you're going to see 6G. And then 6G will bring forth, um, in other words, 5G on steroids. It'll be 50 times faster than 5G you know, unprecedented speed um, as far as the Internet is concerned, a faster access to virtual reality simulations. And this is why they've been pushing the metaverse and those type of um, virtual infrastructures and things of that nature. Um, wireless brain-to-computer interactions. So those are things that will be coming um, with 6G. Um, they talk about space technology and you know, mind-to-mind -mind communication and these different things that are going to be major components of 6G. Now, I've always said the war is on and for your mind. They're telling you that, mind-to-mind -mind communication. So it's not just about um, you thinking. Now it's about how you think and why you think. So that's where that's moving towards. So these are things that people have to understand. Also, when you deal with 6G technology, what they're talking about, with 6G technology is primarily the ability to, again, as I mentioned earlier, tap into you, meaning you're the technology, you're the signal. I'm going to say that again. You're the signal. You the person. Because you are energy. So they're using you, they're going to use you to tap into as a force of energy. They're going to use your light, so to speak, 
All right. So that's something that they're working on as far as 6G technology. And that's right now as we speak. So every seven, around seven years, maybe 10 years, you're going to see the next level of or generation of technology. So right now we know that they're working vigorously as far as 5G. When we get to, um, say, 2030, it'll be a lot of talk about 6G. I'm referring to here in the United States um, because in, in, in China and other places, they, they're already there. So anyway, 2030, 6G technology here, 2035 to 2040, 7G, and so on and so on and so on. So that's how that's going to work as far as what their plans are. But all these things are really contingent on the people, and that's what we have to understand. And that the second half we'll probably get into, the second hour we'll probably get into God activation and God manifestation technology because really that's what's important, and that's what we should be focused on. Um, if, if you're paying attention to AI and technology, this is why now they're promoting the premise of uh, AI being quote-unquote God and things of that nature. And these are old. Th- these are old topics and, and things that I've dealt with for 15 years um, when really there was no one dealing with these topics. So these are old topics, but but they're new to the masses of people. All right. Let me ask you this question, 29, away from the topic. With 5G, <clears throat> the advent of 5G, we saw the, the birds were dying around where they placed these 5G technology. Was that internet Internet chatter, was this real? And if so, what's going to happen if they bump up to, to 10G technology? Is there going to be some more more radiation when we get to the, 10, the 10G level? McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, in regards to the birds, that's absolutely true, but it's not just birds, it's humans. And and there's been studies that's been dealt with. Um, I remember it was a... Uh, study that I researched some years ago. It was in a small town in Texas. I do not remember the name of the town. It was in a small town in Texas, and they had a 5G tower up, and the majority of people in that town had tumors, cancers, all of those different things that was relative to that 5G tower being in their town. So, I mean, it's it's well documented what 5G does to the body as far as... um, um, radiation, radio waves, and um, electromagnetic energy, and all of those different things. It's, it's well documented that it's, it's carcinogenic. Um, that that's, that cannot be disputed from a standpoint of research. Although people will try to do it, 
Matter of fact, we did a show and a caller called in one time and tried to dispute it. Uh, and you can't dispute it with um, with facts and and real science. So people who are into that um, are very clear on that. There's been uh, uh, cases sent to the uh, what is that that deals with the entire world. Um, I can't think of the name of it at the moment, but well, the World Court. Uh, not the world court but but anyway it was it was it was a ton of researchers a ton of doctors um who focused primarily on those particular topics that sent a petition in regards to 5G technology and the dangers of it the United Nations they sent these things these findings to the United Nations so um over 300 people who are professionals in these particular fields so it's it's not from all over the world, <laughs> not just the United States, from all over the world. So it's it's not something that um, is not unheard of, understood, well-documented, well-researched, and the research is out there for people to look at the research. All right, hold that thought right there. I'm going to take a quick break, check the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. And uh, Charles in Baltimore has a question for you. Uh, 26 away from the top there. We're back in four minutes, though, with uh, uh, our guest, the Brother Siddiqui, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB, also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. Good morning again, family. 19 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. Brother Siddiqui is a futuristic researcher. He goes out and finds out what's the latest developments in AI, artificial intelligence, and he comes back and shares those uh, information, share the information with us. Before we go back to that, let me just remind you, coming up in the next few days, you can hear from a journalist, Brother Obi, Brother Obi and his children's group. They're performing a, a skit for Asana Shakur and the people of Cuba, so keep listening for that. Also, a, re- a researcher, Brother Kitty will be with us, along with Pan-African activist Dr. David Horn and Baltimore homeless advocate uh, Minister Christina Flowers will join us as well. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. As I mentioned, Brother Siddiqui Charles in, in Baltimore has a question for you. Uh, Charles, good morning. Yes. Uh, can you hear me? Greetings. Sure. All right. All right. Uh, how you doing, Brother Siddiqui? I'm doing great, brother. Listening to what you're saying this morning has brought up a lot of my fears. My fears about mind blocks, you know, MK Ultra, cyber mm-hmm. slavery. You know, mm-hmm. cyber slavery is a really big, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. robotic mind prisoners. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at all this stuff, and I gotta ask, what is the solution? I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that question. And what I what definitely do not want people to turn this into a fear program or feel like it's a fear program, even though in essence it is when we deal with AI and technology, it is fear based. However, um, the reason though, that that is so important, what you just said. So let me do this, and people may have to go do some research, but just let me say this. So when you deal with, say, 5G technology, 4G, 5G, 6G technology, and so on and so forth, as it continues to 
uh, move forward. Those things are to parallel and juxtapose consciousness and awareness. So when we look at 5G technology, that is to parallel artificially fifth-dimensional consciousness. Now, what is fifth-dimensional consciousness? Fifth-dimensional consciousness are higher aspects and levels of awareness. And this is what I mean when I say God activation, God manifestation technology, all right? So this is primarily people having the ability to tap into their quote-unquote God essence or God being. That's fifth-dimensional consciousness, or the Christ, the, the Christ, so to speak, or Christ as people call it, K-R-S-T, though. Um, so the ability to tap into that which we all have. 5G technology is an artificial, synthetic intelligence, so to speak, that's being used to move people away from the fifth dimensional consciousness into 5G technology, all right? So the potential and the ability and even realization for people to tap into and live fifth dimensional consciousness. The purpose, or one of the main purposes for 5G technology is to move people into a artificial technological aspect of quote-unquote reality, which is in essence is an illusion. So that's what's going on. So this is why I've talked about they want to merge people with the machines or the technology, so to speak, because they overstand by doing that. They're taking away people's ability to tap into and live fifth dimensional consciousness and above. All right. So when people think of fifth dimensional consciousness, I'm going to give you some examples just so people can have Buddha. Um, so-called Jesus. I'm, I'm just so people understand the 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 construct of it, so to speak. I'm not saying pe whether people lived or not. I'm not getting into all of that. I'm just talking about the quote-unquote the story, so to speak, and what the story or stories represented. That's fifth-dimensional consciousness. All right, we have that in us. That is what they fear. So that's let's talk about that fear, right? That's what they fear. They meaning government, the people who um, are, are in control of these particular things that I'm talking of, talking about from a standpoint of technology. Now, are they going to tell you that in commercial media? Of course not. Are they going to tell you that that's part of their agenda? Of course not. They're going to show you the next games that people can play and have fun and do all of those different things. That's what they're going to do. So this is a rabbit hole. And this is why I deal with spiritual technology and empower technology. All right. That's what I'm moving more and more and more towards because that's what's most important. It's not AI or technology in general and all the other things, but because of the programming that people continue to get over and over and over again, People think that that's the way they need to move versus it's not external, it's internal. The movement needs to be internal. That's the God, quote unquote, God activation and God manifestation technology, because we are the original technology. Nature is an original technology. The universe is original technology. Animals, original technology. All right. So 
we want to move into that vein. And, 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 you know, we have the strategies, we have the tools, we have all of those things. It's not one solution. Um, but when we talk about solutions, those solutions all connect to the fundamental aspects of things, and, and those things are healing. We have to heal so we can get to those things that exist within us, the blockages, all of those things, the fears, the trauma, all of those things that affect us from being able to tap into that quote-unquote fifth-dimensional consciousness. All of those things are intentionally created to create blockages, to create fear, to create trauma. That's an agenda. And he mentioned fear. Let's let's pick that one first. How do we deal with that? Well, people, first of all, the only way people are going to deal with fear is to recognize that they have fear and take responsibility and accountability for their fears. And then there's things that obviously can be done. And I know people like to have a conversation, but listen, it's things that people have to do. This is a to-do thing. This is an action thing. It's going to take more than um, interviews, which can be a start. It's going to take more than reading books, which can be a start. But it's going to take people to actively do the things necessary in order to overcome those fears. Fears are always connected to trauma. So to deal with fear, you're dealing with trauma and vice versa. And when you're dealing with those things, you're dealing with the subconscious mind. You're dealing with the central nervous system. You're dealing with the neurological self. You're dealing with all of those different things. They're pathologies. You're dealing with pathology. You're dealing with behaviors. All right? That's what you're dealing with. So those pathologies and those behaviors have to be restructured. And new pathologies and behaviors have to be formed. There's processes that a person can do to get to those levels, but it has to be consistent, disciplined, and focused. Those are three important attributes, consistency, discipline, and focus. And let's be honest, the majority of people do not have those attributes unless it is in regards to them doing something that the system dictates that they do. That's a major issue. They won't do it for themselves, but they'll do it for the system, which is created with the vision. The system has a vision. Anyone who does not have their own vision will be a slave to someone else's vision. In this case, the system's vision. Now, how, what, is, what do they do to keep people enrolled in their vision? They use fear, fear-based programming. They use trauma. They use all of those different aspects of programming that I've come on the show. I've done the whole show about it. I've written books about it. I've done tons and tons of, of uh, presentations and seminars on it. So you're dealing with PSYOPs programs, all right? The, the, the most major PSYOP program that we've seen over, over the most recent years, obviously 9-11, and of course, um, the so-called COVID situation. That was a psychological operation to create fear, to trigger trauma, and create trauma. That's what that was for. It was obviously the media was used in order to do it, to influence the masses of people, to program their emotions, their thoughts, their reasoning, their behaviors, things of that nature, which relates to many other aspects, low self-esteem, um, um, insecurities, all of these different things are part of that. They use a political system to do it. Religious, media, images, video, so on and so forth, all right? 
all of these different things were used for this particular psyop, which is a distraction. All right. Then they use the Hegelian dialectic, the Hegelian dialectic. Well, this is a formula that they use over and over again. Problem, reaction, solution. Just look it up. The Hegelian dialectic or problem, reaction, solution. All right. They give you a problem. <laughs> they give you a problem. They already know your reaction to the problem. All right. What was the problem? The problem was COVID and biochemical warfare. What was the reaction? The people's fear. All right. That was the reaction. Fear of getting sick. Fear of dying. The people's reaction. All right. What was the solution? The same people who gave you the problem and who knows what the reaction will be to the problem by the people gave you the solution. What was the solution? The solution was the jab. Solution was 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 wearing masks. <laughs> Solutions were uh, the, the the six feet joint. So that's problem reaction solution. That's a formula that this government uses over and over and over again. All right, it, and it, it it creates a lot of different things. It creates cognitive dissonance. You you are dealing with double speak. Um, uh, actually, well, hold that thought right there, Brother Sadiq. And when you yeah. come back, ex- explain that for the folks who, you know, you talk, you use the, the COVID as one of the issues that they use, using for us instill fear and trauma in us. But then some people got sick. So explain that to us. So over what's that also part of the game? Uh, I'll let you, re- <laughs> okay. after, after we come back from the break, folks, we've got to okay. take a short break so we can check the traffic and weather in our different cities and the news for our listeners in Baltimore. You want to join this conversation with Brother Sadiq, hit us up at 800-450-7877. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV or on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning again, family. 20 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, Brother uh, Siddiqui. Brother Siddiqui Bakari is uh, laying down some great information. I hope you're soaking it up. But Brother Siddiqui, before we talk about the God activation and God manifestation, we've got some, two calls for you, so let's deal with those first. Wes is calling for, on line one. Wes is in Georgia. Wes, good morning. You're on with Brother Siddiqui. Hey, right on my brothers, man. Hey, Siddiqui, man. Look here, man. You a message just like me, man. So I, I like to bring some receipts to the family. Okay, to that sister that talk about uh smart meter. So I used to be an electrician in my other life, but uh okay, okay. smart yeah, go to smart meter, dirty electricity. Me and you talked about this before and Mr. Dick Gregory. But smart meter, dirty electricity, man. If it's mm. still up. I don't know they you know how they be uh, uh scrubbing stuff. And go to silent yeah. weapons for quiet wars. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with that Hegelian dialect, always at the end of the equation. All right, what everybody misses, you got to see who benefit. Okay, Correct. the first people that benefit is the main one that, that ran the whole doggone uh, uh, misdirection play, I call it, man. It's fun to be alive to see yeah. all this stuff, man. And, and one more thing, man. The, the ones that doing all this, they're running out of time, y'all. We got them. Mm-hmm. And, they, mm-hmm. uh, they, and see, we all are on the mental illness. I don't give a damn if y'all don't want to admit it or not. The ones that doing this, up, <laughs> and we, they doing it too. All us crazy, mm-hmm. but the ones at the mm-hmm. top they're doing it. These alien folk, two folks, they the one. They more crazy than us. But we got to take our power back. We got them, man. And always, always, whenever the sun out, look at the sun, man. 
I look at the sun, man, that re-energized me, man. Whatever they tell y'all not to do, do the opposite, man. We got them. I don't want to take up too much time. You know what I'm talking about? It's fun to be alive, man, y'all. It's fun to be alive. Like right. man, Big Gregor said, they done, man. The end. It's the end of them. So it's our time, man. It's fun to go see this stuff, man. I wouldn't want to be alive no time but right now, man. It's fun to me, man. I laugh at all this, this fake stuff. And I know y'all, man. I don't want to take up too much time, man. Peace and bless you, man. Thanks, Wes. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Excellent points. Yeah, excellent points. Excellent points. Um, definitely who benefits is definitely crucial. That's an excellent point. Um, also, um, I like to look at it from a standpoint of uh, they're psychopathic and we're dysfunctional. The psychopaths, there is no rehabilitation in regards to them. They're who they are. However, us being dysfunctional, um, there can be rehabilitation, transformation, change, and things of that nature. We just have to get back into our right minds. But, yeah, I definitely appreciate you, brother. All right. Thanks, Big West. 23 at the top. They are Ra's on line two, coming from Baltimore. Good morning, Ra. Ooh, I'd like to thank the creators, Yahweh, you brothers, and you engineer for this opportunity. I, I will hurry up for the answer. But if we want to stock up on water, and, and our drinking water that we want to use. What is the best water we should use, and where can we get it? Ooh. All right. Uh, uh, thanks, the best. McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact. We can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. There's a, a bottled water. It's mountain spring water, and I don't remember the name at the moment. Um, but there's definitely a bottle. It's a bottled water, and bottled water would probably be much better than Bottled water, meaning glass, in glass is what I'm saying, um, than the other types of bottled water. Also, there's things that you can do to water in general, like a, like faucet water, so to speak, because you may not be able to have the luxuries and comforts of, uh, you know, glass bottled water or, you know, water that you've been able to save or whatever the situation is. But there's things that you can do to... Um, I guess, help clean or purify water, so to speak, um, that you get from sources like the faucet or whatever other source. So it's things that you can do to uh, hmm. what may be contaminated water. People can look up those type of things because you never never know if that day may come or not, um, you know, to where that is a possible reality. Because, again, it's not to promote fear, but it's also to know that you are dealing with psychopaths. All right. Uh, 24 after the top. Yeah, let's start with uh, gun activation. 
Explain that for us. Yeah, so when we look at uh, God activation, God manifestation, it's all a technology, right? So God activation, we're talking about spiritual technology, which is the gateway to ascension, all right? Spiritual technology, the gateway to ascension. So I mentioned fifth dimensional consciousness earlier. Spiritual technology is the gateway to that, or sixth dimensional consciousness or higher, meaning your quote-unquote God self, activating your quote-unquote God self. That's what we're talking about here. Now, spiritual technology are aspects of your genome. A genome is an organism an organism um, that is a complete set of DNA, including all of its genes. All right? So it includes all the information um, needed to maintain that gene or that organism. Right? So what, what are examples? The mind, consciousness, awareness, intuition, imagination, the central nervous system, the neurological system, the subconscious mind. So all of these things are gateways to, quote unquote, God activation, God consciousness, God awareness, and to be able to manifest that activation, that consciousness, and that awareness. So that's what we're dealing with. Now, what I've been doing for years is assisting people to be able to tap into the quote unquote God in them, how to activate it, and then how to manifest it, right? So to keep it simple, when you think of knowledge, what is knowledge without the application of that knowledge? So we have a lot of people with knowledge, but when it comes to the active activation or implementation of that knowledge or the manifestation of that knowledge, that's a different conversation. So this is what I've been doing is assisting people to tap into that quote unquote God activation and God manifestation. And again, it's a technology because we're dealing with an algorithm, so to speak, because you're an algorithm. An algorithm is um, a, a set by a set set by step by step process of of measurement and things of that nature. So there's a result. All right, you you are a living, walking, breathing algorithm. So that's what this is. Spiritual technology. We're talking about algorithms, changing behavior, changing pathology. That's what we're talking about. That those pathologies and uh, behaviors that we're talking about as an algorithm, what is it that we want to upgrade or reconstruct? Your subconscious mind, your central nervous system, because these things are uh, integral as far as you being able to tap into those divine essences of oneself. And we all have it. I want to be clear. I don't care what you've been through, what you're going through. We all have it. All right. So it's important to know that and the things that we need to do in order to do that. It, it, again, what is, is this all based on fear as well? People are fear afraid to, to take it. that step. What are the, so what do they have to do to make take that step to, to activate the, the, the God activation and the God manifestation? What, what's the first step they have to do? The first step is... <laughs> them declaring that that is what they desire to do. That's the first step. But that doesn't always mean that's going to take them to the next step. And that's because of what you mentioned, which is fear, right? And that's a whole interview in itself just to deal with fear. But when you deal with, quote, unquote, American culture, fear is deeply rooted into 
that culture because it's necessary to keep people docile. It's necessary to keep people from tapping into their quote unquote God self, their divinity, their authenticity, all of these things that will take them to the next level and all of those things that will not allow themselves to render themselves as a slave or to render themselves powerless or to not live their purpose or their vision to not attain goals, to be motivated to do those things, um, to be in the program of of nine to five orientation or um, eight eight eight, as I call it, the twenty four hour program based on eight hours sleep, work, and school, which doesn't leave much time for yourself. So this is what we're talking about. So fear is a part of that. The programming part, trauma is a part of that, the programming part, which deter people from tapping into this quote-unquote God consciousness, God awareness, activating it, um, as well as manifesting it. And then what's in the middle is the creation part that gets you to the manifestation and things of that nature. The tapping into the intuition, which is the quote-unquote voice of God, and that voice is your voice. It's not someone else's voice. It's your voice. Um, so to tap into that and to, to know what it takes to tap into that, to be able to surrender to your intuition or the quote unquote voice of God, your voice, to listen to that voice and to take action to what it is that's being said. So that's the intuition then the imagination, the ability to create on that high end level. The ability to bring the imagination online and do the things that's necessary. Yes. Yeah. Well, at 30 after the top there, how do you know, though, that it's your intuition, that you have that thought process, that something comes to you, that's that inner you, yeah. your third eye, as you will? How do you know if you've never used it? Because you, 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 you've told us before that everybody has one. But if you've never yeah. used it, how do you know that, that it's that? How do you know how to use it? Then probably a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's there, and it reminds us all the time. People, people, the intuition is talking to people all the time. But what happens is because of fear, because of trauma, um, because of the conscious mind and people being rooted in ego and things of that nature, um, people think they know it all. People won't surrender. So what happens is the conscious mind comes in, and it overtakes the intuition. Intuition is never wrong. Never. No one can ever tell me that their intuition has been incorrect. Now, they can be incorrect from a standpoint of the conscious mind, all right? Now, so what happens is people don't listen to that intuition. When the intuition says, don't go down this street, take this other street today. They go down the same street they've been going down because that's what consciously they've, they've trained themselves to do. So that's the pathology. So they go down the street they've been going down. It's a huge accident. So now they caught up for an hour when their intuition had already told them, take this other street. So something as basic as that is the intuition speaking to a person, their higher self, their quote unquote God self, because when you deal with intuition, you are dealt, you are dealing with a Sankofa approach. You're dealing with past, present, and future when you deal with intuition. This is something people don't understand. That's the power of intuition and the intellect that is involved when you deal with intuition. 
It's a technology. Yeah, we call them we a need bra- to tap into that technology. That's going to be my question. I'll let you respond on, on when we come back. Because usually when the intuition, you only have maybe a few seconds, to, uh, a split second, if that much, mm-hmm. to make that decision. Uh, so how do you know, how can you an, either anticipate or, or when, it, when it happens, just, just step right in into it? So mm-hmm. if you can explain that, I appreciate it. But we got to take a last look at the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. Folks, you want to join this conversation with Brother Siddiqui, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. W-O-L, where information is power. And good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of that with our guest, the futuristic researcher, Brother Siddiqui Bakari. Before we go back to him, though, let me just remind you, coming up uh, in the next few days, you're going to hear from homeless advocate. She works out of Baltimore, Minister Christina Flash, doing a great job with the homeless. Also, Pan-African activist Dr. David Horn will be here, along with uh, researcher uh, Brother Keedy and also uh, journalist Brother Obi. They're all going to be here this weekend, this week. So make sure that you have uh, radios locked in tight on 1010 WOLB if you're in Baltimore. If in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So, Brother Siddiqui, my question to you is, you, you, you say we've got to tap into our inner self, our third eye, uh, our intuition. But usually, to make these decisions, you, you have less than a second, a split second. So how do we, how do, we do that? McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'm here. Can you hear me? No, go ahead. Yeah, I can hear. Go ahead. Okay. So it goes back to the three-step process that I just mentioned or formula. You have to surrender to your intuition. You have to listen to your intuition and you have to take action. So when you deal with intuition, you mentioned how fast you have to deal with it or accept it or make a decision. So when you intuition is, is, it can't be calculated. This is what you're dealing with when you're dealing with with intuition, because again, it is extrapolating data or information from past, present, and future experience or phenomena. All right, to help you maneuver in the now. That's how that works. All right. So those things are imperative. But to surrender, to listen, and to take action, one has to trust him or herself. All right. A lot of people don't trust themselves. Now, that's based and rooted in the programming, the fear, the trauma and all the things that we mentioned, low self-esteem, insecurity, so on and so forth. All right. So that's the reason for that. 
right? Now, the things that will assist a person in being able to fully use their intuition, because a lot of people think they're operating from intuition, but they're operating from fear and trauma. It's a huge difference. It's not your intuition. It's fear and trauma. That's your conscious mind and your subconscious mind that comes online instead of being able to cooperate with intuition, your quote-unquote God self, all right, and to be able to manifest the things that's necessary. Now, what are things that we will do in order to assist a person to be able to tap into these things when they come online? I am technology or so-called affirmations. That's something that we do. We set intentions. We change negative thoughts. We do reflection. We deal with the subconscious mind. So we reset and restructure, also upgrade the subconscious mind, all right, as well as the central nervous system, as well as the neurological self. We deal with mindset. These are the things that we do. We change pathology. So now when we deal with the algorithm, the ascension algorithm, that algorithm now is used in order to assist the person to now upgrade themselves, to transform themselves, to empower themselves, to change from low self-esteem to high self-esteem, um, less insecurities as opposed to all the insecurities that a person may have had, to be confident, to be fearless, to tap into the so-called God activation, the God manifestation, the divinity in oneself, to be able to now create and manifest on a higher level. These are the things that happens when you're able to work on these things. This is all part of healing. Um, people can attest to this all over the world that's worked one-on-one -on -one with me. These are things that will help you tap into intuition, tap into imagination. A lot of that, whether you are able to or not, is imprinted and encoded in your subconscious mind and in your central nervous system. Some people have these issues just because their central nervous system is overworked, never gets rest, okay? So these are things that we can change based on things that we do in Empower Technology. Right, and uh, I'm gonna let you explain to folks how they can reach you, but many of us have had that experience. We say, if I had followed my first mind, if I had followed my first right. mind, and, and your first, right, and, and you didn't follow your first mind, but are you saying that is because of fear? In many cases, it's fear. In many cases, it's trauma. In many cases, it's trust. In many cases, it's just moving too fast. It could be many different things. But the more that you, a person, focuses on interfacing with their intuition, of course, with the assistance of these things that's going to assist them in doing it, again, subconscious mind is important. It's super important. It's repetition. Those things keep coming up over and over and over again. Same thing with the central nervous system and how it's connected to trauma, how it's connected to emotion, how that affects your emotions, your feelings, your hormones, all of these different things. All these things play a role um, in regards to how one is able to interface with their intuition, with their imagination, and the many other aspects of him or herself. Um, their, their creativity, all of these different things are imperative. It's the reason when we look at those axioms of Jehudi, the first one is all is mind or all is mental. All right? The mind is all. It's the reason for that. Right. So when we deal with intuition, 
That's part of mind. When we deal with subconscious mind, obviously that's part of mind. When we deal with conscious mind, obviously that's part of conscious mind. When we deal with the central nervous system, obviously that's part of mind as well. When we deal with the heart, that's part of mind. When we deal with the gut, that's part of mind. When we deal with the womb, that's part of mind. We have to be able to All tap right. into those things and know what that means. 14 away from the top of that. Before we, you give out your information, we, uh, somebody wanted to, if you could explain what the metaverse is, is. They keep hearing people talk about the metaverse, but nobody, okay. she says, uh, nobody's explained it to her. So what is the metaverse? The metaverse is an artificial synthetic version of your imagination. That's what the metaverse is. Your imagination is the original primordial archetypal internet what they call virtual reality. It is the original of all of that. <laughs> That's what your imagination is. Now, what they would like to do with the metaverse is to now put your imagination into the artificial aspect of your imagination, which is the metaverse. That is what they are attempting to do. So again, it's about taking you from your God, quote unquote, your God self and your divinity and the imagination is part of that. And now infusing that into their artificial construct, which is the metaverse. That's the purpose of the metaverse, to put you in the machine instead of you being interacting um, with virtual reality and the different aspects of the virtual world, mixed reality, augmented reality externally. Now they want you to be in it. That's the purpose of the metaverse and other um, virtual infrastructures like it, because all the major companies will have their own version of the so-called metaverse. But don't we, as a people, play? This is twelve minutes now away from the top. And when we when we use the the social media, when we post things on on Facebook and, and uh, all the other internet sites, don't don't we play a part in in that as well? Absolutely, because they need your, our God consciousness and awareness. It's all about data. It's all about algorithms. You are the data. You are the algorithm. <laughs> That's what's happening. So it's all about mimicking so when, your. Uh huh. Well, I'm just, the question is going to ask you, how much information should you post then? If you tell people I, I was uh, I was at the bar or this is my favorite drink or I bought a new shoe or I went to this place, I went on a boat, you know, how much information should you really re restrict yourself? Should you just not just use any, give them any information at all? How do you see it? Well, if you're going to use it, use it for your benefit and have a purpose in using it because they, it there's benefits, obviously. People who, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You don't know me because I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You don't know anything about my personal life. All you know about me is what I desire for you to know, which is about this knowledge and this wisdom. My products, the one-on-ones, things of that nature. That's all you really know about me. You don't know about my personal life. So I'm not giving that type of data on social media. So people, what, are, what is your purpose to be on there? Some people are on there wasting time. If you have businesses, then how come you're not using social media to assist you in your business? So just make it make sense. That's the point. And, I, and really, they don't care about biz, your business and all of those different type of things. What they, care, what they really care about are your feelings and your emotions 
that you are imprinting in social media and the pathologies of what you're doing consistently on social media. That's what they're concerned with. So there's no need to come on there every morning and tell everybody what you make for breakfast or what type of smoothie and all of that. You're What you are doing is you are teaching AI. Yet they tell you AI is smart, AI smarter than humans now. <laughs> but AI is learning from you. How is it smarter than you when it's learning from you? <laughs> like, just pay attention. So, yes, people talk too much. People put too much information um, on social media. Um, you begin to see people's true personalities on social media. You begin to see the deficiencies, the, the dysfunctions, the mental illnesses, all the things that people are dealing with. You begin to see it on social media because social media brings out these things from people. Their authenticity, their lack of authenticity, now it brings out those things. I was going to ask you, the information that you post on the media, where you've shown that you just bought some flowers or you went to the ball game, do they use that? Do they sell that information? If they choose to, they do all of that. Sell it, use it at a later time, use it against you for uh, uh, criminal law purposes. Like I mean, it's there for them to use because what people don't understand is if you're on those sites it doesn't matter if you post something about not being able to they can't use your information over you already have agreed to it <laughs> to be on those sites and that's why i'm saying people have to be very strategic in the information that they put on those sites and it's going to live forever yeah. see that's another thing wow. it lives forever so what about your children and your grandchildren, yeah. your legacy. Right. Uh, hold it right there, because I want folks to be able to, to reach you, Brother Siddiqui. How can they reach you? Uh, email me, SiddiquiBakari at Hotmail.com, S-A-D-I-K-I-B-A-K-A-R-I, SiddiquiBakari at Hotmail.com. You can also message me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, regarding the purchasing of the new book, Nuclear Thought and Anatomic Algorithms. Also, uh, the class I have coming up, God Activation and God Manifestation Technology, as well as if you're saying, Siddiqui, I just really want to work with you one-on-one, -on -one. I'm ready. Let's start. Let's begin. Contact me. Let's make it happen. All right. Thank and the call. email address you. one more time. Before Siddiqui you go, Bukhari do one more time for the email. Siddiqui Bakari at hotmail.com. Siddiqui, S A D I K I B A K A R I. Siddiqui Bakari at hotmail.com. Thank you, Brother Carl. Thank you to the listeners. I appreciate you and all you do. I appreciate all of the support from the listeners as well. Um, I'm just grateful to be part of you know, this amazing cast of, of scholars that you are connected to and you continue to bring forth to the world. All righty. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words, Brother Siddiqui. Stay up, brother. Thank you for sharing all this information with us this morning. Family, we got to Thank go. You, we had a great time. Stay strong. Stay positive. Please stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power.